Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. everyone to the UK Film Review podcast. You are listening to myself, Chris Buick, a critic for UK Film Review, and I am joined by my fellow critic, Ian Lunny. Hello, Ian. Hello there. How are you? I'm doing good, thanks. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, not bad, thanks. And you've brought a guest with you this week, haven't you? I have indeed. I've brought uh, my fellow film enthusiast, uh, Rory McAtee. Yeah, hi there, Chris. How's it going? Hi, Rory. Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Good, good. Glad to have you here. Um, so we are back following last week's fun and interesting discussion on Christopher Nolan, Ian's favourite director of all time. Uh, no, um, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I, I Rory should have joined me because he also doesn't like Christopher Nolan. Uh, yeah, wow. I, feel, I feel I began that hatred for you. You did. I actually was a massive fan of, uh, <laughs> of uh, Christopher Nolan and the Dark Knight trilogy in particular. And me and Rory worked together at Sainsbury's. So that's where this budding friendship grew. Mm. Um, and uh, we were there and I said, oh man, I really love Christopher Nolan. And you were like, really? Him? Mm. Uh, <laughs> and uh, from I, there on in. Uh, and I, I just I, Sorry, go on. I, yeah, I kind of broke down the Dark Knight specifically yeah. and why I like it. So there you go. That's our, that's our own short. I, I just have this vision yeah. of you two between the aisles of Sainsbury just <laughs> slagging off Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Me Lorraine, looking honestly. shocked and Rory just yeah. like absolutely slated. Yeah. And like yeah. the, the realisation coming on my eyes, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, this week we're going to be talking about, um, well, the film pretty much everyone is talking about right now, which is yeah. Zack Snyder's Justice League, a.k.a. the Snyder Cut, as well as maybe some discussion on the DCEU as a whole. Um, it's just just us three this week, um, maybe because no one's been able to carve out four hours of their day yet to watch mm, the Snyder I, Cut. I forced us to watch it, actually. It was a whole day. I was like, it was, it was a whole, whole day. We spent yeah. the whole day, and I remember beforehand I said to you, uh, we do live together, by the way. This isn't just... <laughs> like, um, I, this, I said to Rory, I was like, we're going to have to watch it. And you were like, oh, really? And I was like, we're going to have to watch it. So we carved out an entire Sunday. And it is... You really have to dedicate the time to it. Like, I, I appreciate yes. that people 
we may have not in, watched it. We took it in bits, which I think made it a bit more digestible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that was a bit easier. Mm. Well, this is so. This is what I was going to ask. So obviously, good good to know. We've all seen it, which is good for this podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you got you guys didn't watch in a single sitting then. Kind of. So we started it. We watched about I would say an hour and a half. Maybe it was an hour and a half. We had a half an hour break. Then yeah. we came back to it. Watched pretty much the rest until we paused before the last hour. Mm. Um, because what did I do? I went to do something. Oh, I video chatted with my girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, so we paused. I went to do that. Then we came back and we were like, right, no, we've got to finish it. Mm-hmm. We've got to get through it. Um, so we did it in digestible chunks rather mm-hmm. than a, a full course meal, you know. All yeah, yeah. Maybe we start yeah. around lunchtime then finish like kind of late. Yeah, evening. yeah, like yeah. eight or nine. Yeah, so I watched the film on Thursday night and I watched it all in one sitting. Damn. Start to finish. Right. Yeah. Um, He's a true fan. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's four hours, which I will state multiple times during a, during this mm. podcast, because um, I feel it's highly relevant to state that. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a four hour film for those who aren't aware, um, and for those who aren't aware, maybe uh, Ian, if you don't mind, we could touch on what the Snyder Cut is and why yeah. it's such a significant thing right now. Yeah, you know, I think I, I, I'm trying to think in my head if there's ever been something like this in film before, like, and I I don't really think so where you've had something that's been released already and then a completely different cut has come out i mean maybe mm. something like the godfather or like one of those bigger epic like films like one, bigger ones one thing i'd maybe mention is i mean it's interesting because obviously the fan movement behind it is maybe somewhat unique i guess mm. again i can't really remember anything i can't think like of anything it. quite like it. Uh, uh, perhaps a comparison to something like blade runner which when it came out yeah yeah that's the theatrical, yeah, the theatrical yeah. version had this kind of voiceover which it's really weird. when you watch it it's very like jarring and doesn't really work no but obviously most people now i would say probably know the final cut or yeah. maybe the director's cut yeah, yeah, yeah um so you kind of have multiple different versions of this one movie mm. um i guess with blade runner though which is where this is different mm. justice league came out as a film which had a lot of like not controversy but it had its initial release we knew coming into it that Zack Snyder had stepped away from the project uh with Warner Brothers stating due to the like untimely and tragic uh, death of his daughter um and we knew that Joss Whedon had been brought in to finish the project uh which Warner Brothers had openly stated you know that he's not changing the tone which is going to be a big thing that's going to be discussed in this. But it it was going to come out how Zach wanted it. They said that themselves. And then when it came out, it I mean, we can again go into some more, but it was not the film people thought it was going to be. It was not like tonally, like anything that we thought it was going to be like. And there became this big discussion of if a Zack Snyder version of this film existed in like the Warner Brother vaults. And as um, Rory was saying, that a fan movement grew from very, I guess, grassroots sort of like terminology. Well, yeah, very social small. media. Yeah. It's very, I guess, very easy in this day and age. Right. Really happen. And it rolled into GoFundMe pages, these big amounts of money being poured into it, um, which I found out today through research of this, because admittedly, my knowledge of, you know, hashtag release the Snyder Cut was just that it was a hashtag trending. So I watched a lot of videos to learn a bit more about it. And they raised a lot of money through GoFundMes, which I didn't realize they actually donated half of it to suicide prevention uh, charities, which is very interesting. Um, and it caused a huge wave of um, social media and fan support for a film that they felt existed 
that Zack Snyder had had ripped away from him because it turned out he hadn't stepped away from the project, but rather in the wake of Batman and Superman, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, which I'm sure we'll discuss as well. Yeah. The tone of that was not well received. Mm-hmm. And people, Warner Brothers, I think, panicked and wanted something a bit more Avengersy and yeah. pushed out Zack Snyder already. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's basically, I guess, I mean, I'm sure there's more you can add as well, Chris, um, but that's basically my knowledge of how this kind of began as a snowball. Mm-hmm. No, I think you nailed that. I think you're right. I think what happened with Batman when on the release of Batman v Superman and to an extent Man of Steel as well, I guess, um, the general tone of that those films are quite dark and we're often criticized for being too dark so i think when so when Zack snyder first started his plans for a dc universe with man of steel and batman versus Superman, i think it was going to be then three justice league movies as well so i think five it, movie, it was five yeah he was yeah, five movie yeah, arc or five movie arc he wanted to create mm. yeah so when the Batman when Batman v Superman wasn't as well received I think Warner Brothers started to really get cold feet about the whole idea and basically I think like you said basically just took Snyder's vision from him and kind of forced him out in a way to try and have a bit of a lighter tone and and you you would you would argue I mean not now given the recent revelations that Josh Whedon would be given his success with the Avengers franchise would be a smart move to bring him in to sort of try and channel some of that success he had there. But what you've got, what you end, sorry, what you ended up with was a film that is very much a combination of two un- yeah. incomplete things, yeah, yeah. essentially. And it's a mess. It was a mess. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, you, Rory hasn't actually seen the original Justice League. No. So you've, uh-huh. o- you've only ever seen the three films that Zack Snyder has intended you to see. Man of Steel, um, Batman vs Superman, and then uh, Justice League. Uh, and Suicide Squad. Oh yeah, and so, yeah, well he didn't make that. Oh, that yeah, yeah, no, okay, he didn't. No, yeah. Don't track his name into that one. We'll, we'll, we'll get into Suicide Squad later. I should <laughs> but say. it's. I think you know. I've watched a lot about the the film since it's come out, and something I think we had a long discussion about, which mm. I think you were right. I think I was a little bit wrong with the way I was using the term tone, mm. but um, you know, it's like Justice League. The Joss Whedon Justice League is. The dialogue, the the setting is very dark, but the the way in which it's presented, the cuts of like comedy dialogue now forced in somewhat like the Justice, uh, the Avengers films, is almost as if it's been like painted with the Justice League over the top of it, um, uh, the Avengers over the, the Avengers, top of it, yeah. and I think what maybe Warner Brothers for is you know the Avengers films have been really successful and they have been really successful. So we want to copy that tone. And Mm -hmm. it's not just that the Avengers have a light tone. It's that they're really well-written films as well. They provide us with really good written content. And the Justice League that Joss Whedon uh, released, um, it wasn't well-written. It was was really bad. I think obviously there's maybe a tendency to focus on the success of Marvel. Um, and I think that maybe becomes a bit of a problem when DC is trying to, I guess, carve out its own identity. Because um, I think just bringing in Joss Whedon at a very late stage of the production of the film to effectively try and make it some kind of Avengers light, which may be a bit derogatory to say. But No, I think, that's, um, I think that's fair to say of that film we got. Yeah, um, it's obviously never going to work. You know, it's always going to be a poor imitation. Um, so from what I understand, anyway, that was very much a detriment to the original cut of the film. Um, and yeah, as you say, Chris, you would think Joss Whedon would be a success with that, but um, 
you know, I think obviously, um, usually when something like that happens, you know, there's lots of other directors. I think, you know, David Lynch, for example, on the original Dune getting pulled out on the very last minute, you know, made the film a disaster. Another tragic one is um, obviously Kubrick with AI, Yeah, you know, and we got um, Spielberg's one. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there's there's obviously a lot of problems with with the original cut. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, going... AI is a perfect example of a film that is basically two halves. Yeah, it really is. It? Uh, you see the Kubrick half, and you can see the Spielberg half, like 100%. night and day. I, I, and, I don't dislike uh, that film, but it doesn't pay a good service. It doesn't. It doesn't. And I think that's exactly what happened with Justice League. I think you have two films joined together or stitched together. As in, I think the phrase I've seen bandied around in reviews of that film was Frankenstein film. Mm, yeah. Essentially, is exactly what it is. But going back to the Joss Whedon point, it. I, I know I said, yeah, it, may, it would make sense at the time to hire Joss Whedon because obviously Avengers was such a hit and Age of Ultron, maybe less well-received, but still, <laughs> still, still, still a hit. Still it a was hit. still a hit, but, yeah. I, but I'm critical of that film. <laughs> but, and, I'm not, and, I, and I'm not one who really wants to compare Marvel and DC because I don't think no. it's always fair. I don't think but, it's fair either. But when you look at what Marvel have done, mm. and it, you, you have to have that, discussion i guess in a way where you look at what marvel have done with their films they did the legwork in iron man 2008 comes out it's a it's a surprise hit let's be honest robert downey jr um but they've but there are a series of directors and films that have come before avengers to set that up whereas here you didn't really have that you had a couple of films and then you're expected to just go full pell into this thing yeah which I mean, Which I think is hard. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we looked yeah. this up. I think, you know, before Justice League, there's maybe three DC films, maybe three or four. I think Wonder Woman comes before. I think. Yes, Wonder Woman comes yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, so they it's have technically that. free. Then they have Batman, Superman, they have Man of Steel, yeah, and I think they have Suicide Squad technically. It, <laughs> it obviously doesn't contribute much to Justice League. Yeah. Whereas I think with Marvel, you have, I believe, at least five very solid films leading up to the Avengers. Yeah. Um, and obviously, that's not that big of a difference on paper. But obviously, I guess in screen time, it's a big difference. But also, when DC is already kind of failing a bit with its initial films, a little bit. Well, um, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I think Batman Superman is the biggest kind of stumble in their lead up to Justice League. <sighs> Whereas with Avengers, you have some, as you say, very strong um, openings for like who these superheroes are. Particularly like the Iron main Man. three. Yeah, yeah, Thor and Captain America. That's set up in the minds of the audiences. These are like the main three, the big three. And you have that then leading into the Avengers. Whereas with Justice League, I mean, I know you've spoken a bit about it yeah. with, for example, a character like Cyborg, where there's no like, yeah, done, there's, yeah, and yeah. it's a bit like, who really is this guy? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I personally come from the camp, and maybe it's because of how much I love DC Comics. Like, I, I hand, hold my hands up, and you know, I've had many a conversation with people where I've said I love DC more than Marvel, and they're like, "What? How can you say that?" And I'm like, "The comic books, the comic mm. books." Like, I know people love the Marvel films. And I think I said last week, didn't I? I think it's quite funny that the kids who probably used to bully me in the school playground for reading comic yeah. books are like, oh man, I love Captain America. And I'm like, shut your face. You know, <laughs> um, you didn't, you weren't there at the start. You they, don't know. They were, they were really well, well speaking <laughs> Speaking of what you said last week, Ian, there was something I actually wanted to touch on and expand upon what you mentioned last week in our Nolan podcast, obviously when we were talking about the Dark Knight trilogy, was Batman and Superman are such icons. Yes. Not just in comics, but in pop culture. You know, everyone knows who Batman and Superman are. Yeah, 100%. Marvel 
characters who started the MCU essentially, your Iron Man, your Captain America, your Four, they were not the yeah. A team. Yeah, I they, said you know they're they're not your, your yeah, your X Men, your Fantastic Four, your, your Spider Man. Yeah. They were the they were the A team. Yeah. So for Marvel to use those and do what they did is a feat into itself. But like I said, I don't want to I don't want to get too much into what Marvel have done because no, that's no. not really the point. But do you think there's a and this is a question for both of you, do you think there was a uh, a, a conception from Warner Brothers or yeah, whoever to think, well, Batman and Superman are so established, we don't need to do that kind of well, legwork. It's interesting you say that because I was about to say before you asked, as a DC fan, as mm. a DC fan, that's going to be like our T-shirt that I'll wear. As a DC, <laughs> fan, as a DC fan, I would make an argument that I don't think you necessarily have to do like a preamble films. I get mm. why people would go to me, no, you should. But I think because of what you just said, people know who Superman and Batman are. And I think doing a film which has Batman and Superman in just off the bat is not necessarily something that you is out of the question. Just because Marvel has got this model where, mm. as you said, they were B-list heroes. And I think that actually paid um, you know, Marvel div- dividends because they didn't they weren't tied down by perhaps, you know, this uh, you know, this established a-team law whereas i think dc films because they're such iconic characters you could do that it's just i feel the way in which this has been executed um over the course of these films like you know to give my brief i guess my brief summary of how i feel about the dceu and i guess that leads into the justice league i think man of steel is a fairly good film like i'm i enjoy that film it's Mm. on my scale it's a six out of ten um and then batman vs superman was the first film I actually ever reviewed. And I, re- as a DC fan, that was my t-shirt, as a DC fan, I really, that film didn't yeah. click with me as much as I really wanted no, it to. I, I really, I really do despise yeah. that film. Yeah, I don't, I don't despise it. There's stuff in it I like as a comic book reader, like, mm. you know, seeing Parademons was awesome. And like, I didn't think that was something I would see on cinema screen. But mm. I, again, I was seeing it with my partner uh, and she was like, what the hell is going on? What, the, who's that? Why is that happening? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff I don't like in it, which we can jump into so much. Like I really don't like the the Gotham and um, Metropolis being next door to each other and nope. them having no defining features. You don't have Gotham being this like gritty, dark place. You don't have Metropolis being this place of hope and like brightness, which I think is really fundamental. Mm-hmm. But then we have Justice League, and I think that's obviously Zack Snyder's Justice League. I wanted to give this film a six. My my gut was like, I want to give this film a six because Zack Snyder's films, I've never given over a six. None no. of his films have got over a six for me. And I wanted to give it that, but I had to give it a 5.5. I couldn't yeah. give it a six. Yeah. R- Rory, thoughts? Um, regarding rating the film, yeah, I settled on a five, I think. For me, it's kind of 4.5 to five. I was probably pleasantly surprised in places. We haven't gone too much into it, but obviously we watched the final hour, like I guess, on its own because oh, we, we had a few breaks. I loved that, and <laughs> I think, yeah, I think the final hour, the final stretch of the film, really kind of saves it. I think because um, I think before that we were not particularly impressed it yeah, with no. the early stages yeah, and yeah. kind of the the middle. But it's better um, to end strong than start strong. <laughs> yeah, no, that is true. That is true. I mean, I wonder if it, if the opening was as strong and the rest was kind of underwhelming, how we would feel about it. Um, probably quite differently. But no, I was pleasantly surprised. As Ian said, I was very, I guess, negative going into this film because I wasn't expecting a lot. I knew it was four hours long and I was like, this is going to be a real, real slog to get through. Um, But no, it has 
I think it has individual moments. It kind of lives and dies in those moments for me. Yeah, I think um, it has some of the... Uh, like, sorry to interrupt, Rory. Okay. I think it has some of the best moments I've seen in a comic book film. Yeah. Like, it has some moments that... It I'm... does have great moments. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Man. I, I, I would agree. Um, you know, I think the the action is, you know, fairly standard, I would say, for superheroes. It's pretty pretty well done. But, yeah, I think those there's those few moments, you know, um, that you have, like, the moment with Superman when oh, he's on the God. ship. Man. And it's him kind of coming yeah. back as Superman is brilliant. Yeah. Um, and oh, I think man. the finale finishes really strongly as well. Mm-hmm. So um, It's basically everything's when Superman gets woken up. Yeah, like, from, from that, that point, point on, it's, it's like, yeah, really good. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you think, Chris? Uh, yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's a theme I found with most... I'm I'm not a fan of Zack Snyder's style, per se. I know some people love it. And um, I think it's a common theme with his films where he has really great moments, really triumphant, fist-pumping-in-the-air moments where you think, this is brilliant. And then there are, it can go completely the other way for other parts of the film. And you're like, oh, my God, what what's happening? Um, <laughs> I, I, I feel like with most of his films, I'm one of the believers that he hasn't yet made a great film. Uh, me um, too. I completely my, agree. My favourite is Dawn of the Dead remake, and that's a remake, so I'm not I'm not going to count it because it's a George Romero remake, so it's hard mm-hmm. to I, get wrong. And also the, the original's better. The original is like yeah, Absolutely. Like but the remake, the remake is really good. Yeah. It's, yeah. Again, but, another six. It has, it has that blueprint. Yeah, 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 of course. I think I think with Zack Snyder it's interesting because his style is very flashy. You could perhaps say again, it's style of the substance. Mm. My favorite from him is probably three hundred, which again I probably rate as a six out of ten. See, I'm not the biggest fan of. No, no, I I, I, I totally I totally get that. I think for me though, when I watched three hundred, Zack Snyder wasn't as well known. I think you maybe we we weren't maybe perhaps. Um, as maybe tired of the style or as used to it. So it was kind of quite new. Um, I still think 300 does a lot of things well. As you, as we've kind of said, there's moments in 300 which are very like iconic and remembered. Yeah, definitely. Um, and he's really good at doing that. It's not the best with regards to dialogue or acting no. or anything, but it, it is a very like. It's. I still think it's a very well done film, and it really captured the imagination of people at the time. So I think it kind of deserves credit for that. Yeah. Um, with regards to its faith to the comic or faith to history. I mean, I'm, I'm not then... going to lie. I'm not the biggest fan of that comic either. Like Frank, Frank Miller's like completely yeah. gone off his meds. Like he's like <laughs> just yeah. a man. He is gone off that deep end. Yeah, like... no, it has issues. It has issues for sure. But for me, that's the most memorable of his films. Um, so, but obviously by the time we're getting around to watching Snyder Cut, it's, you know, many, many years later. And you kind of know what you're expecting with, Snyder, I've sat through, you know, Watchmen, I've sat through Batman versus Superman, both the director's cuts, because <laughs> I guess I'm just a masochist. But um, <laughs> um well, you've and, done it again. This is yeah, and, yeah, 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 basically. <laughs> and so, you know, it's always director's cut, man. That's, that's the true way to do it. So but, so let's yeah. So let's let's talk about this Snyder cut then. Yes. So yeah. we've all established we've all seen it. Yep. Mm-hmm. What do you, what did you give it out of ten, Chris, if you do rate films out of ten? The Snyder Cut yeah. out of 10, I probably would have given it about a 6. No, it's fair. fair. I really yeah. wanted to give it a 6, man. I really did. Mm. Right, I, I, so my, my wife asked me when I finished watching it, she was like, how did you like it? And I summed it up like this. I didn't hate it, and I wasn't bored. Mm, um, yeah, which yeah, I feel, yeah. which, you know, I think it sounds glib, but, you know, that's gen- genuinely how I felt about it after I finished watching it. Yeah. You're right, everything... After and spoilers, by the way, we are oh, yeah, we are going to, we are going like, to spoilers. Like this point, yeah. I mean, if you if you if you're um, watching this, this point, this, yeah, <laughs> watching this, um, listening to this, come on. <laughs> when when Superman um, comes back, everything oh. from that point is is great. Mm, you know, yeah, I love it. It's great. Everything prior to that, 
And I th- I, part of me thinks um, the reason, part of the reason the film is four hours long, is because there's so much slow motion in this film. Ch- uh- we, that yes, you could easily cut an hour right if you just sped it up and played it in yeah. normal time. In in fact, Chris, when we started watching it, I made a joke because it was I think when on. when Wonder Woman shows up, yeah, maybe yeah, it's in slow motion, and there's a lot of slow motion. And I said to Ian, "This this is going to be four hours long just because of the slow motion." Yeah, you were like, "What if and the I, whole film's in slow?" Yeah, I was like, "The whole thing's going to be in slow motion," and I was joking, but I wasn't really wrong. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think you are. I mean, <laughs> looking for it. So yes, obviously the Wonder Woman section, which there is more of here than yeah, there yeah, is in the definitely. 2017 version slightly more I, I i actually watched the 2017 version again last night just the night after watching the four-hour version so i've been god why did you go back to that <laughs> because I, I needed to know i just wanted to be sure i knew what the power i knew it was bad i didn't need to go to that. yeah <laughs> yeah but i for, for me i think this this film the story's still not great mm, it's still not yeah. great but it's told better yeah it is i think yeah. it's it's more coherent it's Slightly more interesting. I feel like obviously Cyborg has much to do, much more to do Way in this more, film. Yeah. Way more. He's not just literally an exposition machine as he was in the 2017 mm, yeah. version. Um, yeah. I just. What do you guys think? I. I. Sorry to jump straight on it. No, like sorry, I. Sorry. Yeah. No. I'll speak first. <laughs> for no. I. Um. As a DC fan. No. Joe. I gotta stop saying that. <laughs> I. There's a drinking game starting. Yeah. <laughs> How many times can Ian say as a DC fan? Mm. I I think it was really it had some high highs and the highest highs for me again. I I guess it's the trouble of being critical of films. You're always like mm. going, "What do I rate this?" I don't know. But there are moments in this film that hit like nines for me and like ten, not tens because tens is like perfection. But there is a particular scene which, again, I guess if we're talking spoilers, when Flash like runs through time. That for me, not only as a comic book reader, but as just somebody who enjoys the spectacle of cinema, that was fantastic. That yeah. was genuinely like, wow, like that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And but there are some real lows. And another scene with Flash is one that I was like, this is just weird. Like when yeah. we first see his powers, which is a great like way of doing it, him running through the glass, his shoes coming off because he's running so fast. But then like the music of the that scene is really strange and then he like grabs a hot dog which i was like again very barry allen that's cool um, yeah but it does it really doesn't fit the music and we were both like what it's more slow motion as well and by that point in the movie we were like there's already been so much slow motion and this I, is the first we've seen flash yeah so we know there's more coming. i think they should have <laughs> held back on the slow motion just for flash yeah completely because that, that would then make it a bit more special and more unique yeah yeah um that's what it's one thing I would say about the 2017 version. When you get to Flash's sequences, the Flash sequences, because there's not been as much slow motion, it has. It, you're right. It has more of an impact when Flash slows things down and he does his thing. Because, and we're talking about the Amazon sequence at the beginning when Steppenwolf yeah, arrives, all cool. the Wonder Woman sequence, they're all being slowed slow down motion. to the nth degree. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. when Flash is slow, you're like, well, this is just the film. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's just normal. And I think, I guess my my conclusion of this film when I finished it was, I felt there's actually probably a film in between these films that's like mm-hmm. a yeah. better film. And I weirdly, it's I slow motion. You take no, it. yeah, I take, reduce I, it by about an hour. Yeah, and, and totally I agree. Yeah. I would say weirdly, I'd watch yet another cut of this film, which is <laughs> a, like a, a three hour or two and a half hour film without all the slow mo. And also, like just looking at the way he shoots the scenes or the way he's edited, I should say. Like there's scenes which are an extra minute long quite consistently. And it's not an extra minute long of say like dialogue. It's an extra minute long of stuff that I'm like, 
you're more it's it's not that it's self-indulgent i appreciate Zack snyder has the right to make the film he wants to make but there's like particular shots we're talking about the wonder woman one where we are seeing the streets of london and we're seeing like a flyover of the thames and, and tower bridge that flyover getting to the bank getting to wonder woman uh, the it old baby yeah, yeah not the bank <laughs> don't the get into the old yeah, baby no. It took like an extra minute, which you didn't yeah. need. And it's the same with a lot, like when the janitor's mopping the floor, mm-hmm. there's an extra 30 seconds there. There's also like a bit where we see Lois Lane taking off a shirt, taking it to a field, putting it on his shoulder. We know he can put a shirt on. We don't need to see Lois yeah. Lane taking a shirt, bringing him a shirt, putting the shirt back on. Like we don't need to see all of that. So I would watch another cut of this, which I think would be even better than this one. Yeah, I mean, I think to sum up the film from my perspective, um, I totally agree with the narrative. Obviously, I'm assuming it's better than the original cut, but it still comes off as very clunky. And before I go into too many negatives, I do completely agree with the positives. And I think it is those individual moments, which are why it is worth watching. Uh, You know, the scene with Flash, the scene with Superman. That's the thing, it's worth watching. Yeah, no, yeah, I would say it is worth watching, you know. Um, But with regards to kind of what I didn't like about the film, um, as I said, yeah, the narrative comes off as very clunky. You kind of have this... I guess, sub-theme about kind of unity with regards to the Atlanteans, Femiscarans, and I guess human uniting to fight um, Steppenwolf and Darkseid, ultimately. Which I think, obviously, Dark Darkseid's inclusion in this film does help a lot. It's, he's much more compelling than it's Steppenwolf so is. And actually, I don't, to be honest, I don't actually mind Steppenwolf that much in now, this Steppenwolf film. Steppenwolf is great in this. Yeah, but I think because he has that relationship with Darkseid and yeah. that he's that's who he's working for, that's who he's trying to please... I think that adds a bit, a little bit more, not massive, but a little bit more depth to his character and makes it a bit more interesting. Well, that's why that's why I was kind of referring to when I was speaking about the story. I feel like having rewatched the 2017 version after this again, when you and it's it's easy to look back now. You've seen the four hour cut when you look back at 2017 cut and go, well, where, where was all this stuff? But um, it just the story while still maybe and the mother box whole thing mm. is just not that original yeah, or know. interesting yeah but but you get much more of the why it's happening yeah. and yes. who these people are and what their motivations are rather than just oh we need to go do the same because we have to yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I will still make a complaint with regards to the mother box because again i don't know yeah, as much yeah. about dc as ian does and I get the mother box is a bit of a MacGuffin. It's a bit like the Infinity Stones to an extent, but I think the Infinity Stones are done a bit better in Marvel and explained a bit more. Oh, massively. For the first like hour, you obviously know that the mother box is really important. But I had to ask Ian, like, so what exactly does this do? Because it's not really explained. It's obviously this is some big powerful object yeah. that's kind of made that's made clear. But the actual stakes at play are really not like examined at all. Yeah. So I think that is definitely a problem oh, with big it. Time. Big time. And again, I was I was talking about kind of the the Atlanteans and Femiscarans, yeah, humans, those are kind of the three, I guess, settings that we we kind of fluctuate between in the film. For me, those felt like incredibly disconnected. I was saying to Ian, it was almost like they're on different planets a bit for me. Um, and I thought a better, maybe a better way of doing that would be to have kind of Femiscarans in the human setting, in Metropolis, in Gotham, kind of, you know, having, I don't know, some idea like having their secret agents. Or, yeah, or them having yeah. interaction with, like, the US military. Yeah, which is yeah. In this film. Well, you yeah, know, the US government seemed to just be taking a, you know, day off. Yeah, but, <laughs> like, yeah um, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, so that, that bothered me a bit because it ended up feeling a bit jarring, kind of. And and I get you want to be faithful to the comics and that the Femiscarans are this kind of, you know, I guess, Warrior. kind of Greek yeah, culture yeah, and, and the Amazons, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, and same with, obviously, Atlanteans. Like, yeah. You have those yeah. fancy elements. Mm. But I just think it, it 
when you're swapping between those and quite, I guess, regularly, yeah. it ends up feeling a bit strange and a bit clunky. And, and as I said, like they're from kind of different planets. Yeah. Not to go back to Marvel too much, but I think Marvel does a better job with somebody like Thor and like Asgardians and kind of integrating them into the world. I just... it bit, yeah, it builds its lore much better in yes. Marvel. Through trial and error, though. Because I don't think any of us Correct. here are going to sit here and it's go true. for the Dark World classic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, and even the original four, there's some teething problems there. But yeah. they do eventually get it right. And I mean, look, maybe DC will eventually get it right. But I mean, even yeah. even the, even Iron Man, the first Iron Man, the Iron Man Two was a stumble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Iron Man Three either. Like, it's mm. better than Iron Man Two, but it's not as good as like Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. But we're not talking about Marvel. We can um, go into another. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll, do, we'll, do, we'll do a separate podcast on Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Sure <laughs> but so going back to this in some moments throughout the film, the big one, which I think everyone's talking about, is the epilogue at the end. With, let's let's say a, a a performance. Let's call it that from Jared Leto of mm. the Joker. What did what do we think of that? You, you go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll start off by, to, to give my honest reaction, look, it's not amazing. I don't think it is as bad as what I saw from him in Suicide Squad. No. That's maybe an incredibly low bar, <laughs> and all he has to do is walk over that bar. But um, it, it was a bit too, I don't know, it was a bit too much. It wasn't like god-awful. It didn't ruin the whole film. It didn't, no. There was interesting elements of them being in that nightmare world. Now, like, this is interesting, like... This is kind of something that I know they touched on that kind of nightmare world in Batman Superman, mm. but it was a bit nice for me because I remember being in Batman Superman. I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> it was nice for that to be explained a little bit more. It's like, oh, okay, so this is the world where dark side takes over. Yeah. Like that's a bit more explained. And you get the implication that Lois Lane's dead. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, that it's going a bit into injustice, which I really love like mm. as a storyline in DC um, with kind of evil Superman, basically. Um, so, you know, Jared Leto's performance you know, it's not amazing. I didn't. I didn't come away being like, "God, that was like awful." No, but no. again, you know, it's it's never going to be Heath Ledger or Joaquin Phoenix, but no. it's, it's 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 not really close either. For so, me, yeah. <laughs> for me, like again, it's great to see that world. I really like the ragtag sort of team they've got, and mm -hmm. having Joker on a team with Batman as. Again, as a DC fan, no, as as somebody who enjoy, reads the comics, it is something that's really cool to see, mm -hmm. and and I'm 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 down with that universe. I I'm really into that. But uh, I've read edgier dialogue in comics, obviously. Yeah, like, there's yeah. definitely edgier comics. I mean, again, anything Frank Miller's written off his meds, you know, like <laughs> All Star Batman, which ruined that whole catalog. Which I'm just mm -hmm. like, God, um, it's way worse than this. But it just, it's like. It feels quite like the epilogue bit feels a little bit out of place in a way because it's like almost three different epilogues. It's like mm. you have one bit where you see Lex Luthor on a boat and we see Deathstroke yep. coming on, which is a great scene, better than the original as well because yep. Lex Luthor going, I want to make my own evil league. You know, <laughs> uh, He instead talks about like Batman's identity and that yep. was like, that's really good. And then what was the other bit? I feel there's a bit in between that and... Um, when we see the nightmare sequence. Oh, it's him meeting Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter. Yeah. Which is a weird scene weird. as well. That that's very that's very I felt, strange. By the way, my name is Martian Manhunter. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. It's okay. a bit of a mouthful, but yeah, it's, okay, cool. Yeah, it's I'm, it's a bit jarring. Yeah, yeah I think. But for me, the epilogue, I I got I, I admit I got quite excited. I thought, oh, this this could be setting something up that mm -hmm. I yeah, want to watch. Yeah, and I want to see that world that 
Zack Snyder maybe was thinking of creating. I want to see it. I don't necessarily want to see Jared Leto's Joker in it. But, um, but, you know, uh, Deadshot for sure, Joe Manganiello, I I love that man. He's great. great. And you're right, he gets gets a much better, albeit still small, but Mm. better outing this time. Mm. And I want to know what happens in that world. But, yeah, yeah, I just feel like the epilogue was a bit out of place, but I was kind of into it. I, Um, I was into it too. It's just Jared Leto... I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Jared Leto as an actor, anyway. Like, I'm, I'm I will say that. Like, he's mm. been in some performances, like Dallas. He's divisive. Sorry, yeah. he is divisive. Yeah, he is. And like in Dallas Bias Club, I think he's very good in that. But mm-hmm. like, there's not many other films that I can go, man. Um, yeah, what no. A great performance from Jared. I like him in like Lord of War. You know, yeah, I, I don't yeah. think he's the worst actor. No, but I... his Joker is just like almost trying too hard it's like trying like the laugh is annoying and yeah i i find all of that i'll give you the reach around like okay all right okay this is i guess this is what we're into now yeah <laughs> no there's i feel like with the dialogue there was bits that i thought were okay and there was obviously bits i didn't like i think the thing with obviously jared later as the joker now is that there's so much i guess stigma just attached to him playing that part that it's like as soon as he's on screen i, I imagine yeah. a lot of people just kind of cringe i think and, i think i'm one of those people yeah yeah um, I, I I agree completely. I think yeah. he would have had to done something really special mm-hmm. to change that that perception we have of him in that role now. I feel like I, I feel like there's too high too big a leap for us to go now to buy him as Joker. And I was listening to uh, Mark Maud's uh, review on this yesterday, and he said, and I agree, he's doing a bad impersonation of Heath Ledger. Yeah, I yes. I, I was about to say, I actually would be like, let's stop doing Joker. Let's just yeah. stop doing Joker because you've had two <laughs> really good performances of the Joker. Even though I may be critical of Nolan's films and I feel a bit more backed up now, I've got somebody else with me this week. But I, this, even though I'm critical of The Dark Knight, that film is exponentially better because of Heath Ledger's performance. Yeah, I think he carries that film. He, he to is a great extent. really good in that film. And Whacking mm-hmm. Phoenix, again, mm-hmm. I feel he carries that film too. I mean, yeah, that's no, a, it's a great a, performance. A great performance. I don't need to see more Jokers. Well, yeah, unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen because obviously when Heath Ledger did his performance and the Dark Knight came out, Joker became such a kind of pop culture icon. We live in a society. We live, yeah, yeah, we live, we in, live a society. in a society. It, and he's such a, he's almost a bit of a cash cow now because yeah. he's a recognisable name, he's a recognisable figure. It's quite um, an iconic look as well. Yeah, and DC are going to want yeah. to put that in as much stuff as they can. And, and that makes sense from a company-like standpoint. Um, I mean, I, I totally agree with the point you bring up that Mark Mo said, poor impersonation of Heath Ledger. Um, he obviously, if he keeps playing Joker or if they bring somebody else in to play Joker, it does have to be their own style. I think Black mm. and Phoenix brought enough of his own individuality to the role um, to make a difference to that because you can't just keep living off the past, I guess, with that. Um, and especially as because, yeah, in my opinion, I don't think they're going to leave Joker alone in any in uh, any point in the future. Um yeah, they should, but they you can do new interpretations of the characters. There's yeah. lots of different versions of the Joker in the comic universe. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, you can definitely do a lot of different things with it and mm-hmm. not just make it, like, the same thing that you're going to see every time you go to see a Joker film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. I mean, as as a DC fan, um, <laughs> my, my favourite... Um, Batman comics are the ones where Joker's in it. And Ian, you know, I've had this discussion, you know, you've got Death of the Family where Joker, oh. one of Joker's most maniacal plans yeah. to to 
try and defeat or not even defeat but try and manipulate batman in such a way the whole dynamic between batman and joker is one of the best hero villain relationships it's It's so complex it's so iconic it's so full of layers if if you've read the comics and all these things then you get what that relationship is it's not just about he's he's bad and he's good it's a lot deeper than that and but I agree. I don't. I feel like um, I have my opinions on Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, um, which we can get into another time. But um, I think the performance is good, just for the record. Yeah. But I have I have qualms with the film. I think I, I think you probably not to do go too much into that. But I think we probably all share those qualms with that film. Like I think Fair it's enough. a good film, but like I, it's not. I think you enjoyed it more than I did. But yeah, it's not like the best film. Like it's. I, and perhaps we'll, t- we'll probably touch on that uh, when we do a Batman episode or something like that. But I agree. I I think the Joker needs to lie a bit and mm. have time to sort of let that character sort of fade into the background slightly before it comes back, hopefully with someone great in the role who can do something really interesting and really different with it. Because I just don't feel like everyone's trying to capture the next Heath Ledger performance yeah. and they're just not. I don't feel like they get it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't uh, think Jared Leto gets this. No, not really. Um, I'm going to throw this out as a tidbit because, I mean, I do like Wacken Phoenix a lot as this performance as well. But I think since Heath Ledger um, did the performance, for somebody that I've always, an actor I've always wanted to see play the Joker, would be Jake Gyllenhaal, which unfortunately he's already been Mysterio, I guess, in the Marvel Universe. But he can still go to DC and do his own role there. I mean, we saw that in this one, J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, exactly yeah. Like... <laughs> but if you've ever seen the film Nightcrawler, which is a brilliant film, he plays this, yeah, and he plays such a creepy, like diabolical character in that. I'm like, I think if you just turn that up a bit, it would be a really, really good joke and a very like cerebral. But uh, that's the kind of one. sociopathic person the Joker is yes. at some level, and mm-hmm. he he taps into that in Nightcrawler, like you see, yeah. really well. So, for, and I agree, I think Jake Gyllenhaal would be a fantastic person to perhaps play the Joker, whether he will or not remains to be seen. Yeah. You know. He, People have flitted between the two universes. Yeah, quite you know, through. call him out now. Go on, Jake. <laughs> Come on, Jake. Yeah. He's actually I a mean, big fan of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's listening. Um, <laughs> so Zack Snyder, by the way, just in case you, you I, I will say to loop it back to Zack Snyder, there was something you said there about people understanding the characters. To, to loop it back to the films, because mm. uh, we do love going on tangents. Mm. The um, I think with Zack Snyder, I, he comes across as like a really great guy. Like he comes across yeah. as somebody I'd yes. really like to have a drink with and mm-hmm. chat to. And he seems really passionate about comics. And like, I, there was an interview with him where he's like, my films are not here to replace comics. I want people to go out and read comics. I want people to go see Watchmen and go, I want to watch that film and mm-hmm. I, I and, and read those comics. And and I, that's great. You know, I, I do really like that. But I feel he like perhaps fundamentally doesn't, get the characters as much like he reads mm. these comics and goes god that looks cool and instead of going like it's like man of steel yeah i feel like he he really missed the mark in understanding superman you know it's a weird one because i mean we had this discussion about how much of a comic fan he is and obviously yeah. uh, you've said you think he is yeah he is i think, a comic, I think he fan. is a comic book fan yeah i think the one thing that maybe um not turned me off that idea but obviously said maybe think there's maybe a lack of appreciation for the source material a little bit was I think there's an anecdote about Watchmen when you have like Ozymandias' suit. Yeah. Which is oh, basically a yeah. parody of yeah. like Batman and Robin. Batman and like, Robin, yeah. The George Clooney yeah, with one. George Clooney. So yeah. 
Um, Which has come it, up again. We talked about this last yeah, week as well. It's okay, come up again. Yeah. But anyway, it has, nipple, it has nipples on the suit is the main thing. Um, and uh, that's just a bit like, Watchmen isn't a comedic film, so no. I don't know exactly why you're putting that in there. It, it's somewhat like, I guess, Watchmen, and we have talked about Watchmen quite a lot. I guess mm. this is delving into Zack Snyder's back catalogue rather than the, the Snyder We'll return cut. to the film. We'll can though, return yeah. to the film because there's a couple of things I'd, I'd like to touch on. Mm. But his back catalogue of films, and I guess the way he makes films, particularly comic book films, Watchmen as a film is a film that I think uh, is a comic that fundamentally is about comic books. It's mm. a comic book which, if anybody's listening to this and hasn't read Watchmen, um, read it. Read that comic book. Like it, it's fantastic. It's the comic book to read. And mm-hmm. like, you know, my 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 uh, partner, she's met Alan Moore and, and has said he's like an amazing person. Like he he does think he's a literal wizard, which is amazing. But like he, you know, she, me and her have talked at great length about how this comic book is the definitive comic book. And like it's even has like a mirror of itself in the middle. Once you get to the middle pages, it's like the panels repeat backwards. And it's all about how comic books can be like a medium. And I feel like Watchmen in itself shows where he perhaps doesn't fully grasp the characters. Because again, that's a great example of the nipple thing. Another bit is Rorschach. We're going to spoil all his films. Mm -hmm. I'm just spoiling all of them. There's There's a bit in Watchmen where Rorschach breaks as a character. And in the comic book, we see it as this, you know, we see before this moment happens that his speech bubbles are like defined lines. And then after this moment, they become broken up. And like, we see that he's had wavy and broken. And it's a moment where, you know, the film has, the comic has very little gratuitous violence in it Mm. until the final moment where it's just nonstop, like gratuitous violence. And yeah. yeah, And you have this moment where you have Rorschach finding a serial killer of children. And he's found her body like eaten by dogs. And he's like, like rage fills him. And he, instead of like killing this guy, he like handcuffs him and he's like, you know, that's too blunt to cut through your handcuffs and you're going to have to cut through your skin. And then he burns this building down and watches as he burns to death. Mm -hmm. And it's a huge moment where you're like, Jesus. In the film, he just cuts him up. He just, Mm -hmm. and you don't even see It's like a silhouette of it. And you're like, Oh, okay. yeah. I All mean, right. <laughs> like, the oh, Watchmen okay. comic to the Watchmen film is a very good, I think, study in adaptation. Because what Alan Moore does with the comic is he really uses the, I guess, the almost the limits of the medium to his advantage, yeah. maybe in a way. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily limits, but I guess the structure of the medium. Yeah. In that the panel layout is very deliberate in how he does it. Yeah. Um, also and, the art as well. Like I would yeah, be the remiss. Art and the color I'd be well. remiss to to not mention with two like proud Scotsman on the podcast <laughs> that Frank Whiteley, the artist from mm-hmm. Glasgow, does like the best art for this comic book. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I mean that's an interesting one, and it's, it's maybe again it's a different it's a different subject because you're going into how adaptation works and yeah. how difficult it perhaps can be to adapt a comic book to a film. Um, I but, think this is something with all of his films with comic mm. book related material. Sorry, Chris, we, we were just mm-hmm. talking about it, but that's right. He's, <laughs> I think his, like, Man of Steel, to get it back to the DCEU, Man of Steel, as Superman, again, Frank Whiteley has been a a big figure in making Superman comics and has made probably the greatest Superman comic with Grant Morrison, another Glaswegian uh, writer who I think is just my favourite comic book writer. Again, a bit insane, but uh, they, I should say, is is an amazing writer. And, um, yeah, no, I, I... I think looking at Man of Steel again, he kind of like he he gets that Superman looks cool, and mm-hmm. he gets that Superman's full of hope, and yeah. like he's you have amazing bits where you have you know um, 
uh, I wanted to say Mel Gibson, but it's not Mel Gibson. <laughs> um, uh, his dad, his Russell, dad. Crow. Russell Crowe. That's it. Um, you have Russell Crowe saying these great, profound, like you know, they will stumble, which comes back up in this cut of this film. And but there's bits where you're just like, this isn't Superman. Like him destroying a guy's truck mm. because he kind of pushed him is not something Superman yeah. would do. And like it, again, it, him stealing clothes. So somebody on YouTube who we really like called Cosmonaut. He he talks about like you have moments where he steals clothes. Superman would go back with the clothes cleaned and give them back and be like, thank mm-hmm. you for letting me take these. I'm sorry that I stole them. Like, yeah. And instead he just runs up and he's like, I'll steal these clothes now. You know? Yeah, but I mean, obviously, to, to Zack Snyder's benefit, the way he uses that dialogue in, as we touched oh, on before, so in, in, this, in the Snyder Cut of the Justice League, with using that dialogue yeah. of they will stumble, but eventually they will join you in the sun, is again, I mean... I think that and the flash scene at the end, oh, reversing They're time, amazing. are the high points of the film. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was originally touching just on a few of the negatives, I guess. And I want to touch on a big That is where point. we went from, actually. This yeah, I want to touch on one thing for me that kind of pervaded throughout the whole film. And I've noticed in these other films as well. With regards to the world building, and we maybe compare it to Marvel and how good their world, build, world, world building is. Um, for me, a really major point is where the hell is everyone in this film? Because I think of many scenes when they're in the cities and I feel there's just a, a chronic kind of lack of extras, maybe. It seems there's nobody around. You know, think back to the scene where they're fighting uh, Superman just after he kind of wakes up or they bring him back to life. And I feel like there should be tons of people. Like if it's in Metropolis, it should be a sprawling like city. And I feel there's nobody like there. People there. And it's really strange because it, it makes it feel very like, uncanny or unreal or like a simulation or something because you know i I feel if you think again inevitably you're going to compare to marvel films when they have these big films uh, these big fights in their films you know one that comes to top of my head in age of ultron i was about to say yeah it's hulk versus iron man yeah and that's a massive part of that fight is that there's tons of people around and iron man is trying to save people from dying um and that makes it just feel much more immediate and much more real and there's actual stakes Whereas with this, when they're fighting Superman, it's like there's there's nobody there, and it, it it really kind of boggles my mind a bit. And it also makes all the we were talking about it before with like Gotham and Metropolis feeling the same. Even when you're in Flash's city, it feels the exact same because again, it's the same kind of city, and there's nobody yeah. around. Yeah, there's, I, no ident- there's no identity to the locations. Absolutely, the yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if you felt the same with that, Chris. Or that was something you noticed. Yeah, I do. I feel like, and if, again, comparing it to Marvel, but. <laughs> Um, what so what Mar- Marvel have done as well is not just these are you know the gods among men who are fighting, but there's real consequences to what they do, yes. and that comes up in obviously Civil War, which is yeah. a massive massive point in the whole MCU of mm-hmm. what their responsibility is as heroes, whether they should be doing what they're doing or whether they have the right to, I guess. And then you've got the whole Iron Man versus Captain America thing which you know i won't get into now but it's better than the comic book as well i just say that (laughs) yeah i i i I agree and i but i think here it's very much uh they have a playground to play in and they can just do what they want and cause havoc and there's no there's no um the word escapes me but there's no like consequence yeah Yeah, there's no consequence to their actions you don't see people running for their lives or you know you don't. I don't identify a Gotham in this. I identify no, you... a, a street of buildings that may be interchangeable with another street of buildings just for the sake of it. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm in the world, and I don't. And that's a criticism I have of the film in general. I don't. And 
I, again, it's a superhero comic, so some people go, okay, well, it's superheroes, but I don't feel grounded in it in any way. I don't feel like yeah. I'm drawn into that world. I feel uh, like I'm just watching uh-huh. a spectacle rather yeah. than feeling like I am in part of this. I'm experiencing what this is like to be here. Yes. That is an amazing way to like phrase it. And uh-huh. I think that's kind of, when you said that, Chris, it kind of just sparked to me where I was like, that's the way I would describe this film. Uh-huh. It's a spectacle. You watch this film, it's a spectacle to watch. The, the highest highs, yeah. the highest highs are spectacular in uh-huh. like Dark Side. Um, even though there is a massive plot hole with Dark Side, it's made, we've talked about it. It's not like a plot hole, but I am kind of like, how, how could he not remember? What I found funny with Dark yeah, Side is, could... is, is when is the last scene you, you see him when he starts walking down that really, really long hallway. I was like, <laughs> that's going to take a long time to, to, yeah, to yeah. all the people are bound to him. And it's like, this is going to take about half an hour for you to get to the And we've got to watch hallway. every minute. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't cut from that. It yeah. just keeps going. <laughs> no, I was going to say, how can he not remember Earth? Yes, it's the one yes. place that's like stopped him, and he you'd, goes, "You'd write well, it down." Yeah, you'd you write know? down, right? Okay, so that place near that sun, and there's like a red planet next yeah, to it. We'll and come I'd, back to that one later. We'll come back to that. We'll yeah. turn left, yeah, and we we'll yeah, take yeah. two rights at that moon. Okay, and that's the one. That's you know, the, yeah, that one. I, I, I understand. Sometimes you need can, some convenience in your storytelling, but when it's that glaring, you have to think, I, wait, yeah. wait a minute. I was Strange. like, yeah. what? Like, and the fact he like, and then oh, there's. Uh, I'm talking about things that I get frustrated with in this yeah. film, but there's a bit where Steppenwolf, who looks amazing in this film, by the way, he looked terrible yeah. in the first one. He looks mm. so much. Yeah, better he, he looks so much more intimidating. Oh in yeah, film. and there's a little bit where he's got like. Um, I think the Weekly Planet, who another podcast I completely recommend what, listening to, um, said he has like Furby eyes when he's told <laughs> told he can't go home, and he's like, oh, what? <laughs> um, but there's there's a bit where um, uh, he's talking to uh, is it Sad or Assad or um, the the Sad the Sad the Sad yeah he's talking to not Assad the Sad yeah 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 the spokesman he's like on adverts for it yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the sad he's like chatting to him and he's like we found the mother box and like there's going to be yeah. the, the, the parademons are smelling it out and then like an hour later he's like how's it going he's like we're still smelling out those mother boxes like, we found so, another one yeah. we're still looking yeah, but, but at the end of the last why? Why? The, end of the last conversation <laughs> like um it's exactly the, the spokesman was like well let us know when you found all of them yeah but, I don't know. I Stop mean, calling me. Maybe, yeah. maybe he just wanted to talk, man. Like, yeah. You can't talk to power demons, can he? I, 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 I do feel like a lot of fingers have been pointed at Snyder and a lot of fingers have been pointed at Whedon. Some fingers need to be pointed at Chris Terrio as well for mm, yeah, the yeah, writing of this film. I feel like, as I said before, the story isn't great. It's told slightly better here. But yeah. the overall plot of the film is just not that interesting. No, that? But it's, it looks good, though, doesn't it? That's it why I'm going good. back to the spectacle. Dark Side looks awesome. Like it, the the flash bit looks awesome. Superman comeback looks awesome. Batman fighting parademons is awesome. Yeah, Wonder yeah. Woman's weird music's annoying. I was going to touch on this. <laughs> I was going to touch on this every time. Every, every time. time she's on screen. So every time I had to look up what exactly it was. It's it's like Tibetan throat singing. Effectively. Oh, okay, cool. Because um, you start with her like kind of rock music, kind yeah. of like <laughs> start of a theme, yeah, yeah. yeah. and then it always goes into that. And that actually became comedic. Yeah, it did. Because yeah, it, did. it happened almost whenever she showed up on screen, yeah. it started playing. And it's like, I was like, are they doing this as a joke? Because <laughs> the sound design to, to do that is like, you can't not notice that. I yeah. get it. Just in case theme. you guys didn't know, Wonder Woman is on screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Wait, is that? 
Is that what yeah. the woman? Literally, you could close your eyes and not be watching, and as soon as you heard that, you'd know she's on screen. Yeah. Because it, yeah. it's every, it's like every single time. Could you imagine if, like, again, to go back to Marvel, but more for the comedy of it, could you yeah. imagine if every time, like, Captain America walked in a room, it just did the da, 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 yeah. da, every time. Every single time. Like, every you know. time. He's like, he goes, he goes to the toilet and that happens, you know. <laughs> happens yeah. Just yeah. All the time. Cooks so, noodles, I, that happens. But. So I, I want to make special mention of a few things that have been burning in my head. Since yes, yes. Go for it. So, one. Touching on Wonder Woman is basically when the first sequence when she's um, saving the children and they slow mo and yes. they show the bullet bouncing off her gauntlet, yes. yeah. you know, which we've seen. We, see, yeah, we yeah. saw it in the Wonder Woman film. She then does a really fast bit and then they do another exact same shot where they show the same bullet bouncing. It's like, just in case you didn't know, she yeah. is stopping these bullets with her arms. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just, yeah. okay. just in case. Just in I case. get it. I get it. Okay. Also, she's a, she's a bit, I can't swear, but she's a little bit of a dick. I'm not going to lie. The, well, <laughs> that scene was weird because for one, so again, I wasn't too familiar. Uh, Ian had to help me with a bit of like Wonder Woman's power. So I was like, oh, she kind of has super speed effectively. Yeah. Um, which obviously she demonstrates here by stopping the bullets, but I feel that was just a massive flex because she she disarms the bomb. The main guy, uh, Bruce Bolton, come with the actor's <laughs> name, but Bruce Bolton's there, and he's about to shoot all the kids effectively. Yeah. And she's for some reason she chooses like that time to have a massive flex and to stop all those bullets when because she has super speed. Why does she not just immediately disarm him? Yeah, and then it she just, then she yeah. decides to blow him up with a yeah no, and then she kills him, and I'm like, he he's you can clearly like you can clearly incapacitate this guy, but you just chose to absolutely like yeah. annihilate. Him. Yeah, yeah. Like, why did you do that? Well, you think, like, you think she's sending a message? I, yeah. <laughs> I think it's her to say to all of the rest of them, "I'll do this to you." Yeah, maybe. if you if you if you do this, I'm gonna yeah, blow that, you up. I mean, there was. I and then she tells the kids she can do whatever she wants. Yeah, no, I was I guess, just about to say fun. that line. You can be whatever you want to be. I'm like, oh come on now, I come think on. We were both like that's not true. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Do this. <laughs> I, I mean, I was born with super just, yeah, You can't be me. Yeah, obviously. I mean, you, you can be, can't be me. Else, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My my dad was a god. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your dad a god? Oh, okay, never mind. No, never mind. <laughs> you can't do that. What were the other things on your mind, Chris? Yeah. So one of the other things, and I, it's this question I've been asking myself, like. Are there shorelines in this world that are just full of Aquaman's clothes? Because he just, he literally, at the amount of times he just walks into the sea, takes his shirt off, and I know why they're doing it. I'm not stupid. But, you know, he was a good looking guy. I love Jason Momoa, don't get me wrong. But um, there's also a bit where in this this version, not in the 2017 version, where, or it is in the 2017 version, although condensed, where he saves the guy from his boat in the middle of the storm. That's a really interesting shot that they changed. It is, but is he? My question is: Is he wearing his shirt before <laughs> when he saves the guy and takes him to the bar? And then he, and if he is wearing a shirt, then he then takes the guy to the bar. And when he goes back into water, he takes his shirt off to go back in the but water. It was already wet. He's got, my yeah. my question is: If you or did he then did he save the guy without a shirt on? Put it on. Put a, put a shirt on. Take him back. Then take it back off. Maybe so I, I don't. I think if you go into a bar and you're not wearing a shirt, you've got to put a shirt on. So like, there, I mean, there, are, there are signs, yeah. There yeah. Are signs. I guess yeah. he goes to a lot of shirts. Maybe, you know, somebody needs to buy him a rash or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, just don't... I mean, in this version, when he takes off his 
very nice um, turtleneck car. Uh, yeah. with, oh, with, that's such uh, a weird scene. Messy cardigan. Why are they singing? And why, yes. they're just folding his clothes and singing, going, oh, he, does this every, he does this every Friday, old Arthur Curry. <laughs> yeah, I know. So obviously, obviously, like... That's such a weird scene. Obviously, you can infer, I guess. I mean, again, I haven't actually seen Aquaman, so I, I don't know too much. I mean, you don't, you don't, well, no, you don't need to. They're very yeah. different. They're very okay, different. Fair enough, There's fair a lot enough. of stuff. I've only seen, different. like, bits of Aquaman. Yeah. But... You can infer, obviously, they think of him as some kind of mythological being, I guess, or God. But I would completely forgive you for not really understanding what the hell's happening there. Because it's just a bit like this woman starts singing. Bruce Wayne's just standing there like, what's happening here? I'm going to go now. Yeah, so I guess, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Not leave. But do they do that every time he leaves? Yeah. Like, he's, he's going, maybe he's leaving the building. They start singing. Oh, no, I'll no, be no. back in two minutes. It's fine. It's fine. But I'm coming back. It was very strange. The, the, the other bit with that, Fran, oh, which so weird. I felt was strange, again... Uh, Again, it's inevitably a shot of him taking off his shirt. Sure, yeah, in, yeah. And again, in slow motion, of course. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And um, you were talking a bit about how in the original film they did Icky Thump. Yeah, so that shot stripes. that you're talking yeah. about there, Chris, it's like, it's actually a really good example of where I guess the Joss Whedon and the uh, mm-hmm. um, the Zack Snyder cut have a really different tone. Yes. Um, is that you have, like, in that version of it, again, obviously, you know, the, like, the lighting is a big factor. Mm. Of it, yeah. Because you have, like, yeah. shots that you can see perfectly in, the, in Joss Whedon's film. And yeah. it looks more colourful. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And this one obviously is very dark and desaturated, mm-hmm. if that's the right term. In, the, in this, it's obviously in this Joss Whedon cut, he sat at a bar, he's just saved this guy, he sat at the bar, he looks at his hands, and I think maybe he's bleeding, I can't remember, but he's like looking at his hands, and then he takes the, the bottle. The whi- yeah, the whiskey. Yeah, whiskey, yeah. and he kind of, it comes across as macho and strong, and he walks out to Icky Thump, and it's a smash cut to him walking yes. out. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in this, it's Nick Cave who I will mm. give props to my old flatmate, Andrew, for telling me it was Nick Cave, because he mm. loves Nick Cave, and I didn't know it was Nick Cave, so mm-hmm. that's my fault. Yeah, um, He's walking out, and it's almost somber, yeah, melancholy, self-reflective, um, you but, know. Yeah, I, I, don't know very, if, I don't think very it works. I, I, I found that... You don't think the tone works? I actually prefer this version to the interesting, Icky, interesting. Icky Thump one. The Icky Thump one doesn't work. I don't know. It seemed a bit, it seemed a bit strange, because I think at that point we hadn't seen enough of Aquaman for him to maybe have that kind of yeah. contemplative scene. So what it, did you it, think it felt a bit, the... it felt gratuitous to me. Well, well, I, well, to be honest, White Stripes were one of my, and probably still are one of my favorite bands. Yeah, great band. Like, great. I think I, th- I think they're fantastic and underrated. Um, but Jack White's great as well. That's Jack a side White note. Great. <laughs> uh, this is side note. But so when so when I rewatched, I'd forgotten about the Icky Fun bit. I was like, oh great, White Stripes. Oh good. Oh, it's over. <laughs> so you know, it's 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 like a ten second clip of it. So um, I don't know. I feel like. 
obviously with this version, you've given Cyborg more space, you've given Flash more space. What they've done is they've condensed Aquaman down. They've taken away a lot of his, his dialogue and a lot of his jokes and stuff. And I feel like he's become relevant in this film. Yes, yeah. I feel like they don't need him. Well, yeah. They, ultimately. They have. They make him... Oh, you think he's become irrelevant? Interesting. I know in the original cut, there's one of the scenes I have seen, which I really didn't like, is the one where he's accidentally touching the lasso of truth. Oh, yeah. God, that's yeah. a very oh, cringeworthy scene. Yeah, that's, 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 a yeah. Weeding, that's a weeding scene all yes, over. Yes, yeah, completely. Oh, and I it's think really in this, awkward. And, yeah, it is. And I think in, this, in the Snyder Cut, he at least is there and he has some emotional moments with the other characters. I don't think it's anything spectacular. But there's at least that kind of well, idea of him and Wonder Woman working together and yeah. uniting as yeah. like that's, that's their, basically their first interaction in yeah. the film, and it's really weird in the yes. Just Whedon yeah. film. It's like and you're so hot. And yeah, hot. no, it's and yeah. It's, it's again Just Whedon because not to go too much into the background of what was going on with like these films being made, but apparently the set where Just Whedon was making it was awful. Yeah, and, like Ray Fisher said, there was a lot of abuse, and there's actually an investigation going into that right mm-hmm. now with mm-hmm. Warner Brothers. So. And and obviously, there's a lot of implications. Joss Whedon being a bit of a um, sexually inappropriate with female members yeah. staff, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah. no, I don't want to go into that. But there is yeah. stuff in the film that I felt was really inappropriate, like that. There's also a bit where Flash falls on uh, yeah, girl, on, on Diana, yeah, and yeah. she didn't want to do that scene. Yeah, and I, I, it didn't need that scene, and it's it doesn't really, need it. Oh, it's not great. At least that's been removed, though. It's gone, cut, and that's so. why yeah. this film's better. <laughs> and 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 also the romance angle between Bruce and Diana is completely gone as well. Yeah, with the, there's a little bit it's in here where they touch hands when you know, but. But it's much more stripped back than it was yeah. in the in the weeding. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was watching last night, and I was just like, "Really? What? Why? Why? Yeah. Is, yeah, why yeah. is this?" Here? And, and you, you, you. The I think that's one thing that this film does do well, which I was saying to you, Rory. Mm-hmm. I think it does better at expanding small things with the characters, whereas Joss Whedon doesn't. Like, there's yeah. things like them, kind of like what you were saying with it feeling like, and you were saying, Chris, it being a playground and them just being out of place in this world. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like they're just scenes that they're attached together and that they're kind of people that we don't know. But there's bits... I don't think it does it perfectly. I'm not going to say this film is like the best for character development because it's not. But mm. there's bits where you have Diana with uh, Alfred and they're talking about making tea and people could be like, oh, you don't need that. But you do need that because it fleshes out that these people I know like each those other. Bits. I like those bits. One, I think the biggest one, at least from my understanding, and we haven't actually talked about him as much as the character, mm. um, but he's Cyborg. Yeah, oh, yeah, that, we I haven't mean, touched yes. on that. That's a big one, because yeah, I know in the original time. film, he's, as, as you said earlier, Chris, he's an exposition machine. Yeah. Um, and also, he doesn't really have much of a character. No, not at all. Where they at least, even though, for me, it did feel a bit jarring and it's a bit weird being, we were quite far into the film, and it's like you're having to explain this backstory, yeah. which does slow up the plot a bit. It does. But yeah. I get they did have to do that, because otherwise it's like, why should we care about this character? And you do end up caring. Yeah, no, and you do. I, and, yeah. yeah, and I think one of the best, again, actually one of the other high points is how they portray his powers, um, which I think you said, Ian, they don't really explain no, much. No, not at all. But <laughs> the, kind of, the kind of, I guess, the metaphorical kind of digital access that he, he's able to have and how, and how they show that mm. with him just literally walking into, like, different files yeah. and kind of viewing security footage mm. and being able to look at bank accounts. I thought that was that was a great visual and Snyder's great at visuals. It was a brilliant it's visual a great visual. storytelling. Although I will say the the giant boar and the giant bear fighting each other is a little bit weird. 
Like that. <laughs> I, yeah, get what it, but I, I get what it's meaning, but I like in, it. I like it for being artistic, and it's something different than what we've seen. In this okay, okay, fair, yeah. but he goes literally into a bank a second later. That's enough. Like yeah. he, he, he goes yeah. in, and there's a bank. We don't need to see. I mean, they got four hours to film them. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get more bears in. You're saying yeah, get yeah. more bears. Well, I, well, let's talk. Let's talk about some of the performances then. So obviously, Ray Fisher gets a lot more right. to do in this, and I think he's great. I think he's great. I I think Cyborg is really given a lot to do. It like I said in the 2017 version, his job is basically to turn up, tell us essentially what we need to know, and do some things. Whereas here, he's given much more depth, much more character. I really enjoyed the backstory with you know his mom and the conversation, obviously the football game beforehand, and much more relationship with his dad because that makes much more sense yeah, now yeah, as to yeah. why he's yeah, got absolutely. that relationship yeah, yeah. um nice to see actually his dad joe morton not learned his lesson from terminator 2 in dealing with technology yeah so. why did, why, why, that's another bit sorry to be uh, yeah Gary. that was weird that why point. did he kill himself so i know steppenwolf was coming to kill him yeah but so like, in the story he he basically assigned the mother cube like mother they, they spoke about mother it, box, mother the, mother's mother box. Jesus, the cube on. the box as a dc the fan. mother no, square um he technically a cube yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an oblong the um the they talk about it a bit with something being like the he makes it the hottest thing yeah on, on, on earth basically but so, why did he have to get in because i guess I think, he, I, no time, was, I, I think he was trapped in the box to be fair i did think that but i think he literally has no option he has to be in the box to get it done then and there yeah or it okay. doesn't happen okay all right Stephen okay, okay. Stephen okay. was literally like right there yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's a bit it's it's also a bit like how exactly does I get he's he's incredibly intelligent, but how exactly does he know? And like I guess it's a bit like his son is like cyborg, so yeah, he'll be able he... to figure it out. So yeah. maybe he thinks, okay, yeah. my son can figure this out. Yeah, it is a you do have to kind of connect the connect dots a bit dots. with that. You have but to suspend. It 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 kind of makes sense. With I'm a little bit pernickety with this stuff. Yeah, yeah, I can be a little bit like because we didn't go into this in in our Nolan discussion, but there's like a massive plot hole in Batman Begins that like really irritates me. Mm-hmm. Um, not to diverge, but. I am very nitpicky when it comes to films with plot holes, and there's particularly one which maybe Chris, you like this film a lot, so maybe you'll be able to answer it. You know, Scarecrow's plan to like get the gas into the world and make everybody go crazy and like go, woo, you know, great. Is it about the water and how it vaporizes? Why is there nobody boiling kettles in this place? Why is nobody <laughs> yeah. having a hot shower? Like, uh, yeah. and you could, you could, yeah, jacuzzi, jacuzzi. Yeah, you can change that like so also, well by having also, like dialogue. Also, also, and I'm no scientist, but. Eight, humans are made up of mostly water, yeah, so surely yeah, there's going yeah. to be an issue there. Yeah. I guess for anyone who isn't totally aware of what this is, Scarecrow's plan is to inject his, his, his fear, the fear gas, oh, sort of into fear the water. Yeah, Come yeah. on, we're DC fans. Come on. Uh, I, I would say I'm a Marvel fan. <laughs> as, as a Marvel fan. As a Marvel. Um, yeah, I'm both. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 kind of pitfall with this is that if it's in the water supply already, as soon as anybody boils a kale yeah they're going to be affected by it but yeah. this isn't really brought up in the but film at all if you just add a bit where commissioner gordon's like in the police station and he's like oh another mm. report of somebody killing their kids or something yeah, like, yeah or, yeah, or like like has gone crazy and is now in arkham but yeah yeah sorry this, this has got nothing to do with batman again it's got nothing to do let's move on move on you were saying sorry performance is great yes yeah so obviously cyborg I think we did, I think we all agree Ray Fisher does a really good job. I'm really happy really happy that Cyborg gets a lot more to do in this. Yeah. Um Flash, I really love Ezra Miller. I think he's great as Barry Allen. I, I think he's very good at Barry Allen. I, yeah, I was gonna actually bring that up. I, I really actually, I didn't expect to like him that much. There's still parts parts that I find a bit cringe because they're obviously trying to make him like the comic relief, like obviously. And again, it's playing a bit into 
DC wanted to be a bit like Marvel, yeah, which yeah, yeah, is fine. It's, a bit, yeah. it's not like they can't do their own no, thing with that. No. Um, but no, I totally agree. I found him actually one of the more compelling characters, his arc. And yeah. I, I kind of like that at the end of the film, his kind of victory almost, you know, he, it's just that he, he literally reversed time, but yeah, then his so big victory true. at the end of the film is getting a junior position at like a criminal science lab. Yeah, and that, was great. that was great. And I'm like, yeah, that, that makes him very grounded yeah. and relatable. And I did enjoy that, that it, it's, yeah, when you have these characters, I guess, like Superman, which yeah. perhaps maybe if they're not done right, can't be relatable. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I think they yeah. did a really good job with Flash in this. I agree. Yeah, I really love Flash's ending. I think when he gets when he gets that and he goes to his dad, I think that that's there are a few a few moments in the film where I do feel mostly connected to the characters. Cyborg's Cyborg's relationship with his dad, the combination of that, the combination of Flash, uh, Barry Allen and his dad, and obviously Billy Crudup's in it, who I love mm-hmm. from uh, Everything's Almost Famous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. The Flash. Uh, I just loved everything, basically, he was in. I feel I like he was really good fit. I completely agree with you. I think, like, particularly comparing it to the Joss Whedon one, Flash in that is almost irritating. And, like, him yeah. going, brunch, what's brunch? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, like, yeah. it's snap. More... They kept in the snack hole joke, which I was a bit like, okay. okay. But, but, <laughs> you get one. <laughs> but, yeah. but I, I really, like, if we have these, I guess, titans or, like, god-esque characters mm-hmm. of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Yeah. It, those two in particular of uh, Flash and um, uh, Cyborg. And I'm, I don't want to take away from Aquaman, but I feel, you know, Jason Momoa is really good at his performance, but mm-hmm. the stuff in uh, in um, Atlantis, that was probably some of the stuff I was a bit more disconnected to. It wasn't as yeah, well fleshed out, but Flash has, in my opinion, the best moment I think I've seen, it's a big thing to say, which mm-hmm. I know people are going to go to me, what about, you know, when, you know, the rings open in Infinity War and they come out, but it's one of the mm-hmm. best moments in a superhero film. And it may be as a DC fan that, you know, you <laughs> see, you see Flash breaking the time barrier, which is a huge thing in the comic books. Him doing that, like opens up a door, which we may see in the Flash film, if it ever gets made with Flashpoint, where he can break the time and he goes too far and we see different timelines. That moment was spectacular. Like, mm-hmm. I thought that was amazing. And I was sat there like, wow, I'm glad I watched three hours for this. This mm-hmm. is like, yeah. this yeah. is so good. And as you yeah. say, you relate to him. And as you say, I hated him in the first one, I won't lie. And in this <laughs> one, I was like, I'm totally on board with him. I'm like, totally there. It made me... Because I, I I'd forgotten until I watched it, and I, I suddenly realized afterwards that they are making a Flash movie next year. Is it next year? Yeah, no, twenty twenty two. I think they are. It, it's yeah, in the books and anyway, I, so. it made me really excited for that because I feel like from what I've heard about Flashpoint and all the Batman's coming back, Michael Keaton, all that thing. Oh, I think yes. it's <laughs> such it's such a good idea, and I think with Ezra Miller in the role. I, I can I, I'm it's just really excited about it. I don't, don't want to be. Like, I don't want to be like. I said this, but Rory can vouch for me. We've been friends for like five years, so you can totally be like, he said this. But I've said for a long time, they should bring Michael Keaton back. They should do Flashpoint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have. You have I've, yeah. And I said they should bring. They should do Flashpoint. They should bring Michael Keaton back. They should do the universe. And I even said a step further, which they can't do, but I think it would just be great. And it can be brief. Have him run in, and you could still do this, I guess, with CGI. But have Adam West and the original um, uh, Superman, what's his name, 
Um, just small, just a small I bit where know, it's like, a bit like, no, I'd love that. I'd love that. Talking in Star Wars, I think it was enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm a bit like, but <laughs> I've said for a long time they should do that. And then you could branch into doing uh, Batman Beyond, which I think is amazing. And mm-hmm. I think you could like really expand. And I completely agree with you, Chris. I'm super excited for a Flash film after this film. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I just, I was thinking about it afterwards. I thought, yeah, I think that's something that could be really interesting to see if they do it right. Hopefully they do. But so obviously we spoke about Cyborg, we spoke about Flash, and we, I touched on Aquaman a little bit. I know yes. we did just now, but what do we think? And I, again, love Jason Momoa. Love Jason Nothing Moore. against him. I just think that his role has now become the most insignificant of this film. It might not be that he's irrelevant. Maybe I've misspoke, but I feel like his role in it is has become so small. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, it had such a little impact for me. There's a little the bit in it that I liked a lot, mm-hmm. and it is actually a very. It's something that isn't in the original cut, but it's it's really. It, I like that they added this, where he's talking about sending Cyborg after his dad's just died and he's like are we really going to just put a guy in this situation whose dad's just died and like again it's sort of a small bit like the tea sort of aspect with diana and alfred that shows a bit of human element to aquaman that he didn't have before but there's a lot of stuff like the bit with willem dafoe in him and they keep the weird air bubbles which i again i i I, it's kind of weird i they don't do it in aquaman i think they could communicate underwater you'd think they would have evolved to that point but that's fair um so (laughs) They have the bit where Willem Dafoe's like giving him the trident, which is also mm. a plot hole because in Batman vs Superman we see him in the footage with the trident. So is it a different? Yeah, trident? I thought that. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. And we yeah. actually saw it earlier in this film. He had the trident yeah. in the foot. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's again me being nitpicky. Um, but that whole scene, I just didn't feel as much emotion as I probably should have, or they wanted me to have. No, yeah, no, I, I do agree. I don't. Yeah, you mean the vocal scene? Yeah, Chris, yeah, and Chris, him yeah. being like, "You gotta take your place as the king. You gotta yeah, take your no, your mum's trident." You I, know, Come I on. think that was my uh, that was my a part of my bigger gripe, just with the the Atlant- the worlds of Atlantis, and also with Themyscira. I felt the same for parts of Themyscira as well, feeling very disconnected from our world. Which at that point it does become a problem yeah. because these characters, even though they're fantasy characters, they're superhuman. They need to be relatable. Uh, that's obviously as a Marvel fan. That's what, <laughs> that's what the Avengers does. Um, but, I mean, it's not even just about doing it as Avengers. It's about doing it as, you know, basic filmmaking techniques. If you want to make your characters endearing and engaging, you have to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and whether they're alien or fantasy characters or not, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know, there, there has to be a connection there. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, And I think that's probably some of the stuff that I think you could have done less with in this film and made it a shorter film because I don't, I don't want to be like, oh, I don't care about Ackman, but if you're going to do it, you need to do it right. And otherwise yeah. it ends yeah. up feeling yeah. like a bit of a drag. And it wasn't that I was like, oh God, this is dragging. But like, there's a bit where you have, what's that actress's name? She's a terrible person. She's divorced. Yeah. I, I, terrible. I'm, I'm the head. That's it. Yeah, sir. What a terrible person. But like, I'm, I'm the head. I actually don't know. I just have started saying that because something happened with her. I can't remember. But, but yeah, that anyway. All that of this, all of the stuff with her, and um, like when she meets Steppenwolf and they have the fight and like then he just Steppenwolf just legs it. He just, he just goes he just with the. Out there, he yeah, just goes. Balls. He takes the box and goes. See ya. Yeah. yeah. Cheers for this. And then you have. It's it's a silly scene. It's a silly really. scene, and then you have Aquaman talking to it again in the weird. Yeah, no, bubble. that did seem that did seem weird and kind of very out of place because there didn't seem to be very much urgency. No, in the fact they had just they had just like literally let go, 
like an apocalyptic object. Yeah, like to thing... the ultimate. Well, not the ultimate villain, but yeah. the villain of the piece. And you're like going, and it's like, let's talk about your mum again. Yeah, yeah. So, so how you doing? Yeah. Thought yeah. yeah. <laughs> about your mum much? I don't know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> a place to be. Is that yeah. Right? Like not. you. What? <laughs> <laughs> again, that was weird. And maybe that's a maybe that's a product of like this being recut and reshot. Yeah, maybe. Um, perhaps they they wanted to put that scene in, but maybe there wasn't a good place to do it. Which yeah, again, maybe. look, there's going to be pitfalls when you're doing something like this. Do, do you think, though, both of you actually? This is a question for maybe both of you. Which yeah, they've talked about on many podcasts I listen to, Weekly Planet, for example, and mm-hmm. online. This is like, and you, I think you actually may have mentioned this, Rory, but is this maybe like an, a second shot for Snyder? Because, like, do you think this is actually what his vision was, or do you think he was able to go mm. right? That film was bad like yeah. that film was yeah. real bad yeah. and can i now change it because i know that was bad yeah it's i think it's it's one of those questions that i think you could it's hard to it's hard to answer right because obviously who knows if i mean I, first of all i think releasing a four-hour film he's only i think he's only done that because he's had the opportunity to do it and he's warner brothers basically said you can do what you want because we're going to and I want to touch on the whole restore the Snyder cut thing in a minute, but I feel like they've gone, right, we're going to do it. Just do what you want. Just get it yeah, done yeah, because yeah, this has become a massive thing now and we just want it done. So he's gone, right, well, I can do what I want now. I'm going to do four hours. I'm going to do $30 million. I think it is worth of reshoots. I'm going to fix Henry Cavill's upper lip. And oh, I'm going my to, God. And, <laughs> and, and I'm going to release it. I, I personally don't believe his original if things had gone to plan we do had a four-hour film there's no way and it wouldn't have been this film personally yeah elements would have been the same absolutely but i don't feel like it would have been like it is now no I don't in my personal opinion it. it's so hard to say I th- but yeah sorry i yeah, think i think sorry, i think the truth is maybe somewhere in between i think yeah. there's going to be elements of the original cut which were snyder's vision um and i think he's had the benefit of seeing how that film was received and seeing how negatively it was received and being like, okay, maybe this doesn't work. And that's the kind of second shot that most films don't really get. No. Um, so he's perhaps lucky to have that to also be able to, I guess maybe release it um, on like now TV on streaming in the mm-hmm. middle of a pandemic is maybe different. And it's definitely, I think altered mine and Ian's um, perception of the film because being able to do it in chunks. I mean, I was going to talk about this a bit with you, Chris, like, how your obsession was going to be different doing it all in one sitting. Because I think if I'd gone to the cinema to watch this film and sat down for four hours to watch it, I think I would probably yeah. rate it lower. Just just a just a side note, mm. it does have an intermission in cinema. So if you it do does. if it you does, do go yeah. see it, it's like Dr. Shivago, you have a little break. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Well, okay. When uh, Batman's like, let's all go the yeah. Line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I did watch it all in one sitting and there are more. There are especially moments where you think, okay, we're getting near the end now, and then you look at the timer and it's still got over two hours to go. Yes, like, yeah. Wow. Okay. Right. I'm in. I'm in for the long haul. You know, I had snack. I had snacks around me. I was ready. I was ready to go. So, but like I said before, I was never bored. I never. And mm-hmm. I wasn't looking at my watch on my phone, and I wasn't looking. I was in. I was engaged the whole time, which says a lot for a film that's four hours. Yeah. You know. I mean. Peter Jackson's looking at that going, wow, okay, four hours, okay. Um, yeah, that's true. But, but, um, but yeah, I was never bored, so I don't think... I'd, but I think it has benefited from being released now in the current 
global situation we find ourselves in, it has that option for streaming and maybe people will go see it. I know it has an intermission if it was, or would have had an intermission if it was going to be released theatrically, but that's still a long ass to go and see a film for four hours and 10 minutes to go and and see. So I don't know. I feel like um, going back to my point before of whether this film was his original vision, uh, first point I want to make is I'm glad it exists personally. I'm, I'm glad he got the chance to do this and put it out there and for him to put this whole thing to bed because he's been living with us for four years. Um, one, and he was, because he was told by Christopher Nolan and Emma Thomas, obviously executive producers on the film, don't watch the 2017 version because it will break your heart. That was a quote from them. So the fact that he's got to do it and he's got to release this film for me, I'm I, I can't I'm happy for him. Yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not totally up on it and but and I'm not a massive fan of his style and his in his filmmaking, you know, direction. Um but the fact that he got to make it and the fact that it's a thing is great. And I feel like he's done this version because this he's thinking, right, I've got a chance, I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna go for it. Yeah. I'm just gonna absolutely yeah. go for it. Yeah, and I'm glad it's there too. Like particularly you know, which is something I guess we'll talk about momentarily right, in terms of its place in the DCU and, and, and what we like in the DCU and how it fits. But this film, like, I like that at the end, it's dedicated to his daughter. Yeah, uh, yeah, I love that. that I loved that. Yeah. I love that he took no pay for this. He gave it all to mm. suicide prevention. I like that. It feels like, you know what, like, I don't want to be too, like, over-sentimental, but obviously it is a awful thing that happened to him awful yeah but it feels like almost like this is probably a very cathartic moment for him because this film happening everything that happened at the same time as as what happened him being forced out then warner brothers kind of using the death of his daughter as an excuse for why he left when it's not really what happened i'm sure being able to end this film in the way he did and I kind of said this to you and to Simone, my partner, because she also loves films. I've mentioned her a lot. You probably got the impression. Um, I'm one of those people. I'm like, oh, my girlfriend, this. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I, I said to her, I feel like not that I was obligated, but I wanted to watch it for that reason. I wanted to give him the time that mm, he deserved. Yeah. If he wanted to make a five-hour film, I'd still watch that because yeah. I, I feel yeah. like for what he went through and what this film probably did for him emotionally to see what, as you said, you know, Christopher Nolan told him it's going to like break your heart. And if I was him and I had had this vision and mm. everything that happened to me, and then I watched that, I would be like, this is my heart is like crushed mm-hmm. and it would be yeah. awful. So well, I'm yeah. happy he got yeah. to do this and I'm happy I experienced it with him. I got, I'm happy I went through this. Yeah. I think there's, I guess there's a difference between um, thinking about a film, I guess in analytical terms and thinking about it in human terms yeah. with regards to that, because it's not like I, I give this film a nine out of 10 or something. Yeah. Obviously not, none of us do. Um, but I guess it's maybe just, um, you know, there's. I guess it's just there's other things to consider Definitely. as well. And it's like Alicia last week when we did Nolan. She, mm. like, talked about how much she really had an emotional connection to his films. Now, mm-hmm. personally, I don't get that, and I'm sure you wouldn't either, mm. but that doesn't mean she's wrong. Like, an emotional reaction to that film is, like, what you want to have from a film. And mm-hmm. I said that at the time, you want to have a reaction from the film. And... I did have that with this film. Mm. Like I did have like a genuine emotional reaction to this film, which made me really want to give it a six because, 
analytically, there are problems, as we've talked about. There's, yeah. there's stuff that's not right with it. There's dialogue that I think is not great. There's nobody around in this universe. Yeah, you know? the, narrative, the narrative has all yeah. to be designed. But man, emotionally, I was there for this. I was like mm. completely into it. And I, I get what, I guess more this week with what Alicia was saying last week, I completely get the emotional reaction to this film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I- yeah, I for me, I was what I was watching it as a film, but I was also watching it as it's a it's a moment in cinema history that, of which there hasn't been anything like this. There's been so. I'll be honest when this whole when the whole movement started the restored side cut, I, 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 I was like, this will never happen. This we'll never see it. What I mean, why would they? You know, it's done. It's bad. But like I said, I'm glad it's happened, and I saw it as this moment in cinema that had to be witnessed. Whether you wanted to, whether you, for whatever reasons you were watching it for, I feel like it was a moment that had to be witnessed and you had to sort of be there to say, yeah, I've seen it and I understand what what he's achieved by doing this. Yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting because obviously I think um, the perception and the, I guess, the information around the Snyder Cut has obviously changed and transformed since the original Justice League was, was released. Mm. Um but it's interesting how I guess maybe things have turned around in in the sense. I mean, it maybe remains to be seen. You know, it's still very fresh. But so far, it seems the reception is is basically better than expected. I've seen multiple critics, I guess, say who were not expecting much from it and were pleasantly surprised. But I saw somebody give it like a nine or an eight. Yeah, like, yeah. Which Jesus. I mean, look, I don't so agree like, with. No, I don't but, agree with that. But, but that still shows it. It, 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 right. it caught the public eye. I think well, I think the, I think Robbie Collin gave it five stars. Well, I mean, wow! Well, so okay. I mean, yeah. there you go. Um, Peter, 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 <laughs> Peter Bradshaw gave it four. You know, so yeah, you know, yeah. there um, are people out here who love this film. Yeah, no, yeah. but uh, it's interesting because I remember I think after the original was released, and I think you maybe said to me, Ian, "Oh, people are trying to get the Snyder Cut released, yeah, and it might happen." And I kind of found that a bit, and obviously, because I didn't know as much about the story with Zack Snyder at that time. I found it a bit laughable because I was like, well, the original film was so bad. Like, I don't know what that's really going to change. I didn't actually think that was going to change much. So this has perhaps proved me wrong to an extent in that it has changed enough to change the public perception yeah, of, of the God. film. Proves you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it is so wrong. Well, look, I, I'm, man, I'm, I'm man enough to admit it. Um, to, to follow up on your point there, Rory, then, yeah. yes, so this is a movement that worked, essentially. Um, yes. Just to touch on that, though, obviously there was there's... I, I mean, I, I love I love when the fans get vocal, and obviously they're very passionate, and that's a good thing when fan bases are passionate and they're vocal and they want to see they are the thing they love do really well. And I'm all for that. There is a small minority of this fan base who are toxic, as there are with most fan bases. Yeah. And there's a there's a perception, and so it's, I guess it's a two point question. One, what precedent does this set going forward for other films that maybe don't? perform well or aren't as well received as they do as as the, you'd hope and is there a is there a case that warner brothers were essentially you know sort of bullied into making this happen from some toxic sections of a of, of, and i want to reiterate a very small portion of uh, a fan base who are mostly nice normal human beings but a toxic bullying and practically um horrid you know mm-hmm. behavior towards people who dared speak out against this it's it's an interesting one because me and rory i guess touched upon it briefly before we started when we were waiting for this ancient computer to load <laughs> we 
said, you know, how much do we want to make a conversation about the movement? And how much do we want to, like, focus on that? Which I'm, I'm not saying we shouldn't talk about it because it is a factor of this. Mm-hmm. But, like, I guess for me, I'm very much focused on what Zack Snyder got to achieve in terms of, like, what happened. That's, to him fair, that's fair. But what I will say is um, I... I wasn't aware of how much of this movement had become like that. And I think Warner Brothers, I'm not, I don't want to accuse anybody of anything untoward. Like I really don't. Warner Brothers don't look great. I'm going to just say that. They, before this, they like categorically forced Zack Snyder off this film project. They, they, that's what happened because they didn't want it to be the tone that he had done. They wanted to bring Joss Whedon in. And then everything that happened with Zack Snyder's daughter and then the official statement from Warner Brothers was like, oh, he stepped away because that happened. That doesn't look great. That That isn't a good look for Warner Brothers. Yeah. I'm not saying that they are exaggerating the toxic group because as we said, it is there. But instead of when this film came out, because I guess in a way this is a bit of a black eye for Warner Brothers because they've been forced to essentially do this through not i don't know how much of it's bullying but like the stuff i saw when i did research today made me feel good that they had mm. gofundme pages that were you know putting up in new york comic-con released the snyder cut and you know had aircrafts at, at like california i think it was comic-con or san diego what is that same place yeah that is san diego is in california um they had a like a, a plane flying over saying that and that's the stuff i saw and then them donating it to you know suicide prevention charities that's the kind of stuff I would like to focus on from that group. And unfortunately, like every like group that you have like mm-hmm. this, and particularly, you know, me and Rory, are, I'm not sure about, well, I'm sure, uh, Chris, you consider yourself a bit of a geek or a bit of a nerd, you know. With, with, Just ever so slightly. Yeah, ever so slightly. But Rory and I are both keen into like lots of nerd culture and like, you know, there's, I'm also into big sports. We both love watching uh, mixed martial arts, which isn't the, best i guess fan groups some of them aren't the best people out there there's some amazing groups though mm-hmm. and also we're a big fan of like warhammer like we build warhammer and paint and play and some of the groups in that are not the best either like yeah. it's always going to be mm-hmm. bad apples in the bunch and i'd like to focus on what they achieved in the good thing so i'm not saying warner brothers are highlighting the toxic people more because Zack Snyder's come out against what um, the head of Warner Brothers has yeah. said and said how amazing of a group they are. Yeah, there's going to be bad people well, in these groups. Yeah, no, it's a weird one. I guess the truth is maybe somewhere in between. You, that unfortunately, with the nature, I guess, of the internet and social media, and when you have a movement like this, you know, it, it's it's tricky because people, I guess, inevitably will try to define what the movement is and what the fandom is. And I guess the idea of toxic fandoms is nothing new, but um, I think especially with when it was a movement like this, as you said, Ian, it didn't seem like as you said well it seemed like that was very much a minority yeah i didn't get um, that until so now, yeah and so obviously that. people who, who people who want to go want to see it as toxic will see it as toxic yeah and it's hard when you a fandom is kind of perceived as one singular entity but it's actually made up by multiple multiple different people mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. all gonna have their own different motivations their own different ideas about what's right and wrong yeah you know obviously without, with, you know to come from it come from it from uh common sense effectively um Obviously, being toxic and abusive online to try and achieve what you want can never really be excusable. Um, but um, it becomes, I guess, very tricky when you're trying to, you know, as I say, define a fandom as almost thinking about them as one person, which mm. I guess, you know, just being human, we never really do that. Yeah, we but it's always a lot more complex. And as Ian says, there's going to be people who did and people who didn't. And the minority 
um, other people who you know were, I guess, toxic in this yeah. case. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's a very muddy issue, I guess. Um, yeah, and I don't. Says maybe yeah. better to focus on the positives. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I don't, and I don't mean to ask the question in order to bring them down yeah, or to God, highlight. Chris, what are you doing? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or, I don't, I don't, I don't want to single out. You know, the the bad. I think you're right. We should absolutely be focusing on the good this has achieved, and especially for Zack Snyder, but also for all the causes that have been um, promoted for for all this, the suicide prevention cause that you mentioned before. I just, um, I just think it's that important highlight to issue and how yeah no it is it is what this what this means for say look so i'm, I'm looking now at the release the air cut for the suicide squad no film. don't ever do that like, um, <laughs> like... Like, but my, i guess my question that i probably should have asked m- more is what what does this mean now going forward yeah i now realize with... that's more what you asked thinking back on what you said sorry chris uh, it's <laughs> we, all right we but, sidetracked but, you man we... <laughs> it's all right but i just i just think okay you've done this now yeah, where true. do you stand where do you stand when you go i I, gonna... no, I I don't think there's a cut of suicide squad that's going to make that film no, it's watchable it's um, um we'll touch on that in a minute it's but... it's an interesting one because like you are right like there's there's different cuts of films like i, I hear there's a there's a cut somewhere of fan four stick which i refuse to call mm-hmm. that film fantastic four because why does the poster have fan mm-hmm. four stand? the most recent fantastic four yeah, yeah. um you know there's apparently a cut of that somewhere, which the director, cut, yeah. yeah, the director says, "Oh, it's better." Very which I'm deep like, in the archives, d- yeah, oh, but that yeah. film was rubbish. Like I and and I mean, I, I said the same thing about Justice League. I think everyone true, did. Actually. So yeah, no, you know, I, I'm a bit like when maybe you say, I'm eating my words. Yeah, yeah, no, when you say there couldn't be a good cut of Suicide Squad, you know. I'm a bit like I'm. I'm inclined to agree with you, but I'm not going to say that's impossible. As as I'm, strange I'm, as that I'm not is, saying it's impossible. Yeah, yeah. and as, do you think? And as much do, do you think we should now be going? Well, we make these. No, I think the problem this is you go yeah. down that road, and you, you, if you're always going to have like, oh, we're going to recut all these films, the problem then you have if that becomes an expectation is why go and see the original film at all? Yeah. Say say that I mean they're doing another Suicide Squad. You know, yeah, the, Suicide the Suicide Squad, <laughs> along with the Batman, because <laughs> um, this is now the, the DC yeah, universe. The Wonder Woman. But, um, yeah. Um, but... <laughs> Sorry, let's forget the Simpsons. <laughs> the Bat. Yeah, the Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, the problem with that is if you create an expectation that you're going to have these true cuts or the true version of the film, is then why should people go and see the original film? Yeah. Um, so I, I think Warner Brothers, probably a reason why Warner Brothers resisted doing this one you know, beyond and along with some other reasons. But yes. there'll probably be a reason of why they're resisting, they would resist doing it in the future. Because I just think it creates a bit of a problem with what is the true version of a film. And it's maybe the reason that you don't, this hasn't really happened much before in history. I think you're right. I think, and, and now you have a group, prob- well, same this, the same group being like, restore the Snyderverse. Mm. Yes. Which I don't agree with. I mm. think you could do Flashpoint. I've always said, and I said it earlier in the podcast, I'll say it now, and I said it five years ago. <laughs> you should do a flashpoint to fix this universe. It's it's a it's a we can we can explore that in our thoughts on the DCEU mm. wide, but I think you should do a flashpoint to fix this. Because it's a very even before this, Batman vs. Superman is not a good film. Like it even the director's cut, which Rory saw on a charter flight from was it Japan? 
I haven't even talked yeah. about my <laughs> hatred for Batman versus Superman. I mean, I was going to make a funny point about how Flash should reverse time to like wipe out the original Justice League cut. <laughs> um, but no, my God, yeah, no. I basically I event, I I watched Batman versus Superman on an eleven hour flight back from Japan on an air China it's flight. On repeat. <laughs> yeah, it's on repeat. No, I mean I was already not enjoying the flight because um, we got to the gate and me and my friends and we we're like, oh, I guess we're the only people on this flight. And then as I say that, like masses of like Chinese school children show up yeah. and I'm like oh god they're getting on this plane as well yeah. so the plane is full of Chinese school people, uh, children like running around Sweet. the one in front of me is like rocking his chair and I'm like oh my god this is a nightmare so I'm like oh I'll watch Batman vs Superman you know some good superhero action will take take my mind off this I'd end up and watching the director's cut and it's so bad I generally end up with a migraine and I'm like this is perhaps the worst cinematic experience I've ever had I get the situation doesn't help but neither did the film. So I, I didn't really understand what was going on. Like, the problems that I had with Snyder Cut are, like, tenfold in this film. Like, yeah. wow. Yeah. Just just wow. It's it's so bad. Like, it is so bad. I think it's, did, it's a like, two did, or a three did, for me, Did honestly. you not like Martha? Did Martha! Martha. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they have the same... Their mums have the same name. That's that should be what the film's called. Yeah. <laughs> Batman versus Superman, their mums have the Rise same Rise of Martha. Yeah. Rise of Martha. <laughs> the Marthas. But, uh, uh, definitely one of my worst... I j- on, the, on the worst films of all time. And I guess that's the thing <laughs> with this Restore the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. I think... I said to you, it's crazy that this film is a sequel to that film. Yes. Because yes. that film... Even, I saw it in the cinema, and I didn't have the best experience no. watching it. And it informed my expectation of this film. Because yeah. I was like, I hated that unless Superman. Surely I'm not going to like enjoy this yeah. at all. And I don't but... want to restore the Snyder Cut. Uh, the, 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 restore, the, no, no, uh, restore the Snyder Cut. No, the Snyderverse. Yeah. Thank you. The, uh, the, the Snyderverse. Snyder yeah, I don't want to... Into the Snyderverse. Into the Snyderverse. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the title of the podcast. I that's actually such a good name. We yeah, totally we'll add that in post. Um, yeah, we yeah, totally yeah. add that. But we, no, I I don't want that to happen. Not because I don't like Zack Snyder, as we said earlier. I think he seems like a great guy. Mm-hmm. But Batman versus Superman was a fundamentally flawed film. Yes, like no matter he got to make the film he wanted to make there as well. There wasn't Warner Brothers interference. There wasn't Joss Whedon jumping in to make it weird. Mm. It was it was his film, and it's not great. No. It's not a great film. Man of Steel's better. It's, yes. it's yeah. an enjoyable film. Yeah. But, you know, it kind of links to what we were saying last week with the DCEU. And I guess that is kind of where we're falling into now in the conversation, the DCEU at wide. Mm. I think it has been influenced a bit by Christopher Nolan's films. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with being tonally dark. That's not an issue. Like, That's fine. Yeah. The issue is writing. And I think Zack Snyder isn't the best writer we've talked about that before and i don't think um who's the guy who he wrote this with as well chris um chris Terrier. that's it mm-hmm. i don't like their writing it doesn't work very well the dialogue's clunky yeah well i was going to bring up one of my a major point where i think it is the clunkiest which is when diana is speaking to bruce about like the origins of kind of the mother boxes awesome and dark i'm just gonna say that's an awesome scene it's an awesome scene but it feels very weird in that they're kind of having this kind of conversation and it's like these gods fighting dark side in this massive scene and then bruce is like oh yeah so that's what happened is that, that's what it, yeah it, it was very strange because she she's nobody actually talks like that i guess is is my problem with it yeah the way diana is talking i get that she's it is exposition for the audience yeah but in the film it's meant to be heard as talking to bruce yeah. like i kind of off the cuff yeah 
And it's supposed to be like, damn, yeah. you really prepared for this conversation because <laughs> yeah. like I've been here for I, half an hour. Like I feel like, I feel like there should have been a banner saying Warning, exposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exposition. Just, just a bit. I loved that scene. That was amazing. Dark side yeah. smashing up a Green Lantern was amazing. Yeah, no, that like, was really cool. Was that so was good. cool. But why, yeah. did, why did the humans bury the bomb? Like yeah, everybody else well, did a really good job of hiding that. I don't know. Well, I mean, they just because buried. the race of men are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> also, though, I guess they are stupid, but it was the last one to be taken. It's true. It's true. true. Yeah, yeah, they they true. held out for the longest. They held out the longest. Yeah. On that okay. scene, I was going to a weird comedic bit for me because it was I found it very jarring when they cut that scene because maybe I wasn't paying full attention but I was like <laughs> oh, what the hell's happening but Hercules is in that scene yeah he is yeah yeah what's, and that? what's your problem with that? his arms are so big and I was like <laughs> is this still the same movie? he's Hercules <laughs> yeah I was like have we cut no it's like have we cut to some like strange video game like film or something I don't know his his arms are massive yeah, big. and he's like kind of glowing red and I'm like what, what am I looking at what, what, that is Hercules it's Hercules. That's all I'm going to say to that. It's Hercules. Oh, God. Right. So, yeah. Sorry, sorry, go on. I was just going to say in that scene as well, it links it links to the DCEU wider. Mm. They also had Ares in it. Yes. And and they had the same actor, uh, Professor Lupin. Yes. from uh, from David, David Phyllis. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. And he had his... I like in this one that he didn't just have a tiny little moustache. I liked in this one. He doesn't want yeah, he got, yeah, he got a real one. He got a real beard. <laughs> he got a real beard. Which I, yeah. I just like, I reckon, I don't think that was in the original. Straight guy. out of yeah. 300, he got a real... Yeah. Yes. You've got to look good for the battle, you know? I yeah, absolutely. It's, and it's... It, <laughs> sorry, like, the Wonder Woman film, if we're talking about the wider DCU, mm. that's uh, it's a good film up until yes. that ending. Like, yeah. that ending was just so, like, what is going on? This yeah. is so strange, and it is a weird scene, I guess. The 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 scene you're talking about there, but I loved it. I appreciate I it for like fleshing scene. out the universe, and it's good for that. I just think, again, maybe my main my overall gripe with with the Sonic is it has some good ideas but lacks an execution. Yeah, another good example of that. Sorry, Chris is uh, as right. as a DC fan mm-hmm. is is the black suit. Yes, it has yeah. no. Re- it doesn't no. have any reason to be there. It in, looks cool. He's just in black now. It just it, it looks cool. He's back but in black. It's now. back in black. But <laughs> it's it's in the comic book. It's, it's like uh, uh, Superman's race. It's the Kryptonian sort of like it's either his funeral suit or his regeneration suit. Like his suits, mm. like because he's died. This is what's happened. In this one, he amazing scene. Him walking, looking for his suits, and his two dads talking to him. Mm-hmm. The one that, for some inexplicable reason, was happy to die in a twister, even though his son could have just saved I mean, him. What a way to go! What a way to go! <laughs> but like, it's a great scene. Yeah, looks great, spectacle. Why is he wearing that suit? Yeah, I mean, but, well, like, why? I think there's maybe attention to detail that obviously, as comic fans, yeah. we'd maybe pick out. Give him a mullet then. Do like, that as well. I think. I think if you're uh, maybe if you're just if you're not immersed in dc like law then it maybe wouldn't yeah i mean i would love if you had the mullet but <laughs> it, it wouldn't it, it wouldn't probably bother you as much it's you know it, it's not it doesn't completely change the story or no. anything it's just a tidbit that's yeah, like yeah. that's maybe not what, doesn't really line up what do you guys think of the dceu at large then well this is what i was going to move on to now so let's look at what the films have been yeah. since 2017 just at least obviously we've had Dorks of suicide squad uh, sorry, that was that was before. Yeah. Uh, uh, we've had uh, Aquaman. We've had oh, Birds, Birds of Prey. We've oh had, God, yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. Um, and we've got Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. I haven't seen it yet. And oh, we've had uh, we've had Shazam technically. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Again, I haven't seen Shazam yet. But um, what one stands out for you guys for better worse for me? Better Birds of Prey. I think for me is the top one. Okay. I've I've seen uh, all of them. 
I, I, I just had a lot of fun with it. I don't, and I know there are, for me, it's, Margot Robbie's Harley is not the Harley I know. No, I agree. From mm. the comics. But I think she's really good at it. She, and going back to an early point, she gets the character. I feel like she gets it in a way she that... She does. That, just to, just it, to correct you, it's from the cartoon, actually, but I'm just saying... No, I'm joking. Yeah, yeah. True, yeah. True. Yeah, sure, As a DC so. fan. As a DC fan, yeah. it's from the cartoon. Yes, but... Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, but I just feel... I had a lot of fun with that film. I feel like it does what it needs to do in a really good way. Um, I, I did enjoy uh, Wonder Woman as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's fine. Aqu- Aquaman is a film. Um, <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. But like perfect. like I say, I haven't seen Shazam and I haven't seen Wonder Woman 1984. Um, but what do you guys think? What do you um, think has has been like? So I've seen all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen uh, Wonder Woman 84, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's 84. 1984. 94, yeah. yeah. Uh, 94, 94, 84. Not a good film. Didn't like that film. Did mm. that is? I don't want to spoil too much for people who haven't seen it, um, like yourself, Chris. But Man, that is not good. It's 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 like it has good ideas, executes them really badly. It has something that I think is really problematic in it as well. I don't think that's good at all. Like it's a really big issue with it. I don't. It's kind of saying it without saying it. But well, it's when Chris Pine is kind of Chris Pine back. comes back, and it's done in a really. I think. Do you know what? It's not even that it's problematic. It's that they don't address it. That's the problem. If they addressed yeah, it yeah. and made it part of the story, perhaps that would be less problematic, yeah, but know. it's very problematic. It's not great. It's not great. But yeah, it's Chris Pine possessing someone's body. Yeah. Um, and it's not great. It's not great. sleeping together. And it's yeah. like, that's kind of and, all and, right. And they don't, yeah. they don't ever address that everybody else in this universe sees him as this person. Yeah. And his family will, what, to them, what, has he just disappeared? Is yeah. he now dead? Like, you've, you've not taught, and they don't address it at I, all. I think, I think they just, I think it was probably intended to be, obviously, like a romantic moment. But they maybe just didn't, like, think it through no. fully and think about what does this actually mean for yeah, us yeah. to do this? And, <laughs> yeah. and, and the wishing stone in itself causes a lot of problems, not just with that. I, I love Pedro Pascal. Oh, um, great. He's yeah. great, and he's I great. I love how much he's like chewing, like hamming it up. Mm. You know, it reminds me somewhat of Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin. Still, mm. why you put him in a Green Goblin <laughs> suit? The man looks like a goblin, so just like having <laughs> doesn't need a suit. he doesn't need a suit. Yeah. Um, but it's reminded me of that. It reminded me of him really getting into it. But his character, they try and like humanize him by giving him a son. But his son is literally no character other than him being like. Oh yeah, I should love my son. I shouldn't be an awful person. Mm. But I feel like they should have really gone into it and been like, he's actually, and it really is interesting because oh, I'm spoiling the film, but he kind of becomes the wishing stone, yeah. and it makes sense that he becomes the wishing stone because if you wanted to do him like an almost Trump esque character, which I feel is what they were going for, mm. and him promising everybody what they want and giving them their wishes, but it comes at a cost, mm. is actually really interesting. But they didn't do anything with that. No, I, I mean- think. How much do you think it fails? Because, I mean, and it was touched on a bit by one of the critics that we like. Hmm. Wonder Woman not having a particularly strong rogues gallery. Like, how much do you think that really affects the I, I think it does. I think, hmm. you know, like, Ares, again, with Wonder Woman, I like Wonder Woman as well, Chris. I like the first one. But Ares, I think, is criminally done bad in that hmm. film. And hmm. I think they shouldn't have done it as this big bite at the end. I agree with Cosmonaut, who we're talking about, who yeah. I really like. 
I think it would have been more interesting if Ares is like, yeah, I came here to make humans into awful people, but they did it themselves. I didn't even mm. need to do anything, you know? Like, I'm actually just chilling here and humans are killing each other and I didn't actually have to do anything. Yeah, I think that would have been more interesting. And then you could have had Ares stay as a villain. Mm-hmm. But now you've got rid of Ares, it's kind of like, where do you go with Wonder Woman? Because, like, Wonder Woman, she doesn't have, like... You know, with Superman, it's Lex Luthor. Mm. With um, Batman, it's the Joker. And he has plethora of, like, villains. Well, yeah, well. like... The, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. the best yeah. rose gallery. Maybe Spider-Man is up there, too, but it's definitely mm, sure. Batman. Like, um, who's Wonder Woman's? Yeah, exactly. Cheetah? Like, she's bad in this. Yeah, like, yeah. she's not good in this, either. I mean, I, I kind of wonder if they could have imported, maybe, a villain. Yeah, so, I think they could have. You I, know, to, take to, someone who Batman doesn't need. Yeah, to answer, yeah, there's plenty of them. Yeah, Captain yeah. Cold. Um, actually, he's more of a Flash villain. But uh, <laughs> I think to answer um, your question, Chris, the ones that stood out for me, I, even though it's critical of Man of Steel, it's a good start. And it's a, it's a Superman year one. And it has some mm. really good moments in of like, there's, some, there's a bit where he's like willing himself to fly uh, under the Kryptonian uh, like terraforming. And it's an amazingly powerful scene. Um, so I feel like Man of Steel stands out. Weirdly, this one now stands out, even though I've given it a 5.5. Its highs really stand out for me. It like does, It does yeah. stand out. Uh, Suicide Squad's terrible. Um, I'm trying to think of the other ones you said. Birds of Prey is fine. It's a film for me. Uh, I know you really like it, but it's I kind of went it's, it's weird because I do. It's like... just weird, crazy fun for yeah, me, and I, I really enjoyed it. I do That's like fair. Margot Robbie. That's I think fair. in some films she's an incredible actress. I recently watched I Tonya, and she's amazing. Oh, she's in that so film. good in that. She's, she's great, great actress. Yeah. Um, well, but... interesting. We watched the Suicide Squad trailer. Yeah, we and watched it, that. And it looks really good. It looks really good. So I it think looks really good. Yeah. under the right direction, I think, and I think under the right direction, she's going to be good in that film. Yeah. But obviously in something like Suicide Squad, it just doesn't no, work, which no. maybe isn't her fault. I think yeah. the DCEU doesn't have like a film that I go, that's its definitive film. That's the problem. Like it doesn't have like, yeah. you know, like Iron Man. Exactly. Iron Man. Mm. Again, I know we've yeah. constantly said we shouldn't compare Marvel and DC, but at the end of the day, and you said this, I think when we were talking before, Rory, like DC and Marvel were always going to be compared in a way because they are forever interwoven as the two biggest comic book characters. Well, things. And they actually overlapped on yes. a couple of occasions with yeah. Batman and Superman, uh, uh, Batman and uh, Wolverine becoming one character called Dark Claw. Yeah. This is how much of a nerd I am because mm-hmm. I know this. Uh, Dark Claw and Sabretooth and Joker became one character, which is one of the most disturbing things I've Joker ever seen. Tooth. D- Joker Tooth. Okay. <laughs> There's also one where Superman. Uh, Wheels Mjolnir and Captain America's shield because you know he needs both of them, obviously. yeah, because he's that good of a guy. I, I was gonna say, <laughs> I think obviously, yeah, the comparison is kind of inevitable between Marvel and DC, yeah, it doesn't have a definitive. But, well, I think it's inevitable as long as DC are just trying to emulate Marvel. I think you'll maybe stop getting comparisons when DC do enough unique ideas and mm. do things differently enough to differentiate themselves from Marvel. Do you think they did the minute, that, though, with Snyder's films? No. I think the reason why they no, didn't... Don't you don't so. think so? No. I, I, because tonally, they're very different. And I think mm. why people go, oh, it's the tone that affects it, is because it's not well-written. Mm. It's not well-written. And that's what I was saying. I don't want the Snyderverse the, to continue because it's not well-written. The most, the most, with regards to production value, how it's filmed, how it's directed, how it's acted, I think the most different film that DC have done recently, and it's not in the universe... But different from Marvel is Joker. Yeah, it is. Like a hundred percent. And I think there is a market there for doing superhero films in a different way. It's tough because Marvel's formula has been so successful. You think mm. that's how you have to do it, but that's not true. Like you don't have to follow like the studio system that they've created. Well, there's other opportunities. That's why the DC well, yeah, you universe can do multiverse. is better. I think it. 
just I think it's imperative for them to do something different because you can't again you're always going to invite comparisons if you don't like change up the rulebook effectively. Mm. Do flashpoint. That's what I'm saying. That's well, what yeah, but could, it's, it's do not. That. I don't think it's just about storylines. It's about how they do the film, yeah, how they direct true. it. It's true. Because it's true. they're still they're still like within dialogue, within like tone and like kind of comedy yeah, and yeah, action. Yeah. They're still like this um, aspiring to be like Marvel. Well, I, think. I guess that's why. And maybe Chris, how do you feel about this? I think there is a level of excitement. And Chris, I think because you're out of the three of us here, I mean, I'm a massive Superman fan. Like he's definitely my favorite character mm. in comic book history. Um, I know you're a massive Batman fan. I, and do you feel that what you've seen from the Batman uh, is something that you feel it's going in a in a in a more unique direction? Um, you know what? To be honest, I go back and forth on it. I I sometimes I watch that trailer and I watch it and I watch it and I think this looks fantastic. I think Robert Pattinson's a great actor, and yeah, he you know he's got the most important thing which you need to play Batman, which is a good chin. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true, uh, he does have yeah. a good chin. You I don't, think, I don't think Christian Bale satisfied that criteria. He doesn't have a. I, I, I don't think Clooney had a good chin either. No, you know. Do you know who did? Michael Keaton, great chin. Michael Keaton has a great chin. Adam you know? West too. Ben Affleck has a good chin. Good chin. Good chin. Yeah. The crimson chin. Um, anyway. I did. I did. And it's got. It's got a good cast. You got Colin Farrell. You got Paul Dano. You know. You got tons of people. And I think that. And I just like being in that world of Batman. And you know, I'll I'll be there regardless of how good it is or whatever. So. My my honest answer is I I don't know. You ask me today, I'll tell you yes. I'm really excited. You ask me tomorrow, I'll go. I'm I think maybe they should leave it alone. Um, so I'm just I I just want to see it done well. Yeah. And uh, the same, I mean, any film, any film I watch, I want it to be good. I don't want yeah, to watch oh, yeah. it to be terrible. <laughs> yeah. but, um, I don't know. We like watching bad films like yeah, no, yeah, it depends. Yeah, yeah. Depends what kind a, of bad. There's, there's a certain charm to a bad film when it's not trying to be bad, when it's trying to be bad, or you know, it's it's on purpose. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. Before, just because we're nearly at time, guys, yes. I just want to quickly get a very yeah, we a very quick summary mm-hmm. of your thoughts on this film, yes. the, the, the Zack Snyder's Justice League, very quickly uh, before we sign off. So, Rory, yeah, thoughts? so um, as I said earlier, it, it definitely lives and dies on its its high moments. If I think if you maybe can't connect with those, then you're not going to like the film at all because those are the best things about it and. As we said, it has high highs. It definitely has low lows. And there's kind of parts of the film which kind of meander and aren't done particularly well. There's stuff about the sound design I don't really like. But I think if you can focus on the positives of a few kind of really brilliant scenes and some good, you know, decent action, then I think you're going to enjoy it and it will be worth your time. Again, I think we benefited from watching it in parts. It is it is yeah. done kind of chapter by chapter, effectively. It's about six parts or so. Uh, yeah, Four or six. Yeah, yeah. Six, yeah. six, in, an, six in an epilogue. Six, six in, an epilogue. in an epilogue. And so I think if you can watch it in different parts, then that will help your enjoyment of the film. Um, but I definitely think if you're a comic book fan, mm-hmm. then you're going to enjoy, enjoy certain moments. Like the bit with Flash at the end oh, so is brilliant. And and like even not as much of a, I'm not as much of a comic book fan as Ian. Even I was like, that's a really amazing thing that they've done on screen. Um, so yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Um, and I think for that alone, it's kind of worth watching. Ian? Well, as a DC fan, no, <laughs> I, no, I think it's, it's a spectacle of a film that I think you should watch because it's, yeah, it's four hours, but 
with everything, kind of what I'm saying before with what Zack Snyder went through and the the turmoil that this film has had, I think you have to see it just as a moment of cinema that you're not going to have in the future mm-hmm. or or in the past. It's not existed something like this before. You may have it in the future. We, I may be wrong there, but it's never happened before this. So I feel like it warrants watching. I think I owe it to Christopher Nolan. Not, uh, not Christopher Nolan. What am I talking about? Oh, you don't know. Oh my god, that's a slip. You'll have a lot. You did produce it. Yeah. yeah. Oh god, what have I done? That's actually me deep down actually liking. It. <laughs> but, um, uh, you, not that you owe it to Zack Snyder, but I feel like what you went, he went through, you, he kind of warrants this. And mm. as a DC fan, I know I just said it, but as a comic book reader, as a fan of these characters. There's a part of me that didn't think I'd see Darkseid on screen, and there's a part of me that yeah. thought I wouldn't see Parademons, and I wouldn't see the Mother Boxes, I wouldn't see Steppenwolf at Green Lanterns fighting at Big Armed Hercules, uh-huh. I wouldn't see this stuff, and I did, and I yeah. loved it, and it was something that I loved watching. Now, as a fan of films, is it like a nine or an eight or anything like that? No. no. But is it a great film that I emotionally had a hit with and had a good time and fun? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And sometimes that's all you need from a film. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah that's true. I, I completely agree with both you. I think as 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 a moment in cinema history, it's worth watching, uh, if, if nothing else. I'm really glad it exists. I'm glad Zack Snyder got a chance to do this. Um, it, has, it has, like you say, it's really high, really triumphant moments. It has its really painfully slow-mo uh, lows yeah. um but but you know i didn't i did it i'll say it, i did enjoy it i i didn't i was uh, for what it's worth and for what it is and it's it is night and day compared to oh, the 2017 yes, version and i think for that alone i think as a as a study of film it's worth watching in general um yeah, but for yeah. for me, if you're looking for a film where a group of DC heroes band together to fight evil, then it's Teen Titans got the movies. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, um, well, totally. That is so yeah. good. But we don't have, we don't have time. To we get don't to have that time. Guys, but everybody I listening, think, watch the cartoon yeah, series of uh, Justice League. It's amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I think on that note, that will be it for this week. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Ian and Rory, yeah, joining. Thank you so for much for having me. us. Yeah, it's it's been fun. I've had fun. Yeah, so, we, we should um, do it again. Talk about we the should dark do it form, again. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you to everyone for listening. This has been the UK Film Review Podcast. Please remember to share, like, follow. You know all those things, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.